He is a Denver native born of Denver natives. A former Denver chief deputy district attorney, he is now an active Colorado trial lawyer. Bright, independent, and full of fun, he has been part of the media for decades. This is The Craig Silverman Show. What a world, what a life, what a day. Saturday, December 31, 2022. Happy New Year. 22 was a year full of turmoil, fundamental change, an election that may have saved the day. We shall see. It's a forgettable year in many respects. Dave Gunders, our troubadour, has the perfect song, Way of Forgetting about what you do when you are sad. You get reclusive, but in the end, we all need people. I needed Heidi Beetle again this week. I'll tell you why. She's part of a controversy that's emerging from my old employer, 710 KNUS. To my surprise, Stephen Tubbs, the afternoon drive time host, former friend of mine, former client, so I don't know how much I can say, but He's also the guy who, after I was let go for talking shit about Trump and wanting to talk about shit about Trump on his show being produced by Kirk Woodland, but I was getting shut out by Kirk Woodland, who had been my producer, was always mega mega, but as I got further from Trump, there was a bit of a distance between us. You will hear about it as we talk with Heidi Beetle because Stephen Tubbs, oh, I don't know, about eight days ago, invited Kirk Woodland on. And what a first hour billboarding it. And what a third hour recapping it. But we can't listen to the Kirk Woodland hour because once again, Ken US is playing games. And because their listenership is so poor, we can't find anybody who actually listened to Stephen Tubbs. I I can only take so much. So I listened on the podcast, and it was fascinating. It's a bait and switch. He even promises afterwards we're going to get the podcast up, but he does not deliver. How does Kirk Wedland come out of the shadows after he was exposed by Westward, Nine News, and Colorado Springs Antifa to be a closeted Nazi sympathizer. That's probably the best you can say about Kirk. But maybe there's more to this story. And I was looking forward to hearing from this guy who I thought I knew pretty darn well. We went through uh, four or five New Year's together. We worked together a long time on my Saturday show, which was the best weekend talk radio show in the history of Denver. He says humbly, But I had great sponsors, and we talked about meaningful stuff, and people changed their mind, as did I, about Donald Trump. Anyway, where is that hour? We are going to find a way. Let me tell you why Kirk Woodland felt emboldened to come back on the radio when Stephen Tubbs, who I guess has stayed in touch, invited him. It was part of a vindication tour. 
and you will hear tubs even before you hear from Heidi Beetle. How does Heidi Beetle figure into it? She's been a guest so often. Ace reporter, Colorado Times recorder before that, Colorado Springs Independent before that. She was part of Colorado Springs Antifa, which ended up being part of this exposure team on Kirk Woodland, but she was gone before Woodland happened. And so Twitter has changed with Elon Musk in charge, and there's a right-wing guy who says everything and anything is Antifa. His name's Andy No, and he got suspended from Twitter, but Musk reinstated him, and this right-winger says, hey, you want to see Antifa? Look at Heidi Beetle. And he unleashed his million followers on her. Now, Heidi is trans. I guess her prior name was Sean. You can listen to our prior show. She talks about it. She served in the military. She taught high school. She was on talking about Club Q because she lives down there. She's just a great news person. But she got called out, and for a while, she wilted. She said, I'm done with Twitter, but then she came back with a vengeance, and a lot of people follow her, and so do I. And she started swinging hard against the fascists, the fascists among us, and she brought up how Colorado Springs Antifa had exposed Kirk Whitland, and then Andy No said Antifa, Colorado Springs Antifa is terrible, and Tubbs agreed, and he said, Given that they were the ones who exposed Kirk Woodland, it was now time for his resurrection. So he was going to be on this show, and I could not wait to listen. Once I heard about it, it was already over. I went for the podcast, and wouldn't you know it, they're doctoring with podcasts again. But it exists. If anybody out there actually heard it, give me a call. I'm curious whether my name came up. Tubbs was talking shit about Kyle Clark and Jeremy Hohola. Did their names come up? Heidi Beetle? We don't know because this outlet, this alleged news outlet is hiding the news. Isn't that something? They've lost all credibility over there. So here's the game plan. I'm going to play for you the Stephen Tubbs build up for Kirk Whitland. And then the hour after Kirk Whitland apparently appeared during the five o'clock hour that they are now hiding. There are lots of clues there, and it whets our appetite. It gets me to thinking about how to access that sound. I then talk about that with Heidi Beetle. Before we get to Heidi Beetle, I'm going to remind everybody of the sound from Inglorious Bastards during that interview. Kirk Woodland pulled that for me, and I thought he was on the side of the poor French Jews who were hiding under the farmer's basement in the cellar, but maybe he was rooting, rooting for that Jew hunter in that famous scene because he kept putting it on my soundboard, which was weird, especially that last show, after which he told countless lies against me guy named Silverman. I don't know why a Nazi wouldn't like little old me. Anyway, we've got all that sound for you. So after a good dose of Tubbs talking about Woodland, then you're going to hear me talking with Heidi Beetle. And then you are going to hear uh, Heidi Beetle talking with Stephen Tubbs because it was fascinating. 
he doesn't really get into the substance of anything, but who is she? Can she be trusted? And some of the answers will make you laugh. They did for me. At the end of the show, we have our troubadour, Dave Gunders. His song, Way of Forgetting, is perfect for old Lang Syne. May 2023 be a great year, because this is a great show. If you want to skip ahead to Heidi Beetle because you heard this stuff with Tubbs before, I understand. But it is interesting once you know they are going to hide the actual interview. So here you go, Stephen Tubbs with the preview and the aftermath of the Woodland interview, followed by Heidi Beetle, who does an interview with Stephen Tubbs. Those two went at it on Twitter, and Heidi Beetle's just not afraid. They would not even let her come to the studio. They said they were afraid to let her in. So they chose a different location. Wait till you hear that part. It's getting deep, and it could get deeper in 2023. Episode 129 is a beauty. Enjoy. Kirk Woodland was my producer as this show was born, and Kirk had an unceremonious ending uh, nearly two years, almost exactly, uh, into being my producer. Uh, as I indicated yesterday, Kirk is whip smart, and I don't know if there's ever been anyone I described that way, but Kirk is, uh, is a very humble young man. Uh, he is very, very smart, and he was accused of being a Nazi. Well, when you're accused of being a Nazi and there's social media, um, it's, of course, an allegation. And then you are a Nazi until you prove to me, not literally, but figuratively, until you prove to me you are not a Nazi. So there were, yes, strings of social media things that um, we will talk about next hour uh, with Kirk. He's going to join us in studio. And I really look at this as a little bit of vindication. Kirk has a good, solid relationship, believe it or not, with his former employer, Salem Media of Colorado. There are many of us here at the station that think the world of Kirk, and I'm it's above my pay grade to say that he should still be here or it was the right thing to do, but Here's where it all comes to almost present day. We talked a lot about yesterday, the Andy No, um, the journalist who, you know, has been beat up. Uh, he's lucky to be alive. He's had death th threats by probably literally, literally the thousands. I probably have said in the past, maybe hundreds, but I mean, I mean, he probably has literally had thousands of death threats. And over the weekend, um, I follow him on Twitter, and he talks about this group on Twitter known as Colorado Springs Anti-Fascists. Well, I see that, and I'm like, okay, first of all, Andy No, who is known globally, he's talking about a Twitter account that has attacked this program, me and this station. Now, I'm not making it about me, but of course, I instantly think of my former producer, Kirk. These people... We're all behind having a target. Now, we're going to get into, and I'm not going to get into the weeds right now. We will a little bit, and it's not necessarily the weeds, but more detail next hour. You know, sometimes in radio, the way it works, and I've talked about this maybe just a couple of times. Radio, in many ways, 
is very small, very incestuous. Uh, you know a guy who knows a guy, or maybe you're blood-related, maybe, or maybe you marry into or whatever. It is an industry that a lot of people know a lot of people, and we all basically know the same people. And I know that's not that's not just unique to this business, but it is overall, it is a very, very small business, all things considered. Well, there's always been a thing in radio that I've never, ever understood. And at the risk of maybe making a manager mad, I mean, I just, it's true. You could have a long time, somebody that, you know, let's use Peter Boyles as an example. You know, an absolute legend who now he's, he's back and you can hear him nine to noon every Saturday. Well, there's been a whole many, many years, decades, that certain radio managers, whether it's a program director or a general manager, they have wanted to, if there's an employee that is no longer with the company, and this includes not just behind-the-scenes people or producers, this includes those people that you tune in to listen to. And if by chance, if even one of you, if that's me for you, I mean, thank you, seriously. But I've never understood in radio, and I don't know if it's a management course that they take, but and it's not everyone, but many, many a manager I have worked for, it doesn't matter if you've got a Peter Boyles that has done a morning show, for example, for 27 years. If there is a contract dispute, if that talent on the radio is fired, um, if they quit, if it's an unceremonious end, or if it's just, you know what, it was like they just went this way, I went that way. There is a school in radio management that you shall never speak of said individual again. So as the example, and it did not happen here at 710 with Peter Boyles, but it would be like, and here's the example, Peter, you wake up with him on KNUS for 27 years, which is way longer than he actually was here, but he's, you know, been in radio a long time. He could show up for work and do a show on Thursday. Management wants to fire him, and they do Thursday afternoon. Friday morning, it would be like, uh, yeah. Peter? Peter who? And I've never understood that. Never, ever, ever have understood that in radio, that it's as if you are not smart enough to realize that the guy that you, in this fictitious example, 27 years of tuning into the morning show, my God, your kids listen to him now, so to speak. And then we just, let's just pretend, beat, beat who? In this case involving Kirk Woodland, you just kind of, Kirk went away. Well, back to Andy No. He identifies Colorado Springs anti-fascists on Twitter. Well, it turns out that Colorado anti-fascists was founded, and a lot of the doxing, a lot of the instruction to these maniac, just, I mean, you want to talk about scum of the earth. A lot of these people were led, even in 2019, and certainly into 2020, they were led by this this Twitter uh, account. 15, 16, 17,000 um, people following them on Twitter. You know, here's, here's who we don't like. Well, Kirk was doxxed. 
He wakes up one morning uh, right around Christmas, almost th- exactly three years ago, and there are hundreds, if not thousands, of flyers in his neighborhood on parked cars uh, at people's doorsteps calling Kirk with his photo, with the name of the station that he works for, and Kirk's home address. He's doxxed. That's what doxing is, just in case you needed a reminder. And it says that Kirk Whitland, my producer, an employee of Salem Media of Colorado, is a Nazi. Channel 9, which probably, I couldn't prove this, but I would be stunned if Channel 9, at the time and currently, is in bed, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, and I think it's wrong, in bed with this disgusting, I mean, Many, 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 many terrorist organization is what I think they are. You know what? You say that maybe a little too much. Okay, maybe I give that to you. But what? What is the ultimate goal if somebody gets doxed? If there are flyers printed and distributed around one's neighborhood with the picture, their employer, and their home address, what is the potential? I think you and I both know we're smart enough to know what the potential is. And yes, that includes death. But what what do they expect? To me, that's terrorism. It's domestic terrorism. So Andy No puts out over the weekend that this Colorado Springs anti-fascist Twitter has been suspended. And may it may it be suspended forever. And then there's this person, the creator. A he or is it a she or is it uh, a furry? By the way, I still don't really want to know the ultimate definition of what a furry is. I just don't want to know. So you don't have to send me a text and explain it because I don't care. But it's this person, apparently born with a penis, actually was in the United States Army and enlisted in 2003, served eight years, more than I've done. So tip of the cap, if I can, to a despicable, sounds like human being. But Sean Beetle turns into Heidi Beetle. And Heidi Beetle creates this Antifa site that incites all kinds of different crap, including doxing my former producer. Well, then, connecting the dots even further over the last 24 hours, who does Heidi Beetle, an aspiring journalist... (laughs) Excuse me, I have a little horse. Journalist writes, apparently, for the Colorado Times recorder... (laughs) Excuse me, I have a little horse. The founder of Colorado Springs anti-fascists on Twitter doing all kinds of bad stuff, inciting but certainly potential violence, writes for the Colorado Times Recorder. Hmm. The Colorado Times Recorder, often referred to as that Internet rag that nobody reads, put together by some schmuck, and that's saying it as nicely as I can, some real a-hole piece of shit named Jason. Hmm. So Jason just happens to be da dude. He's da dude for the Colorado Times recorder, which, by the way, as John Caldera eloquently pointed out this morning about the Colorado Times recorder, and I quote, we aim to be fair and accurate. Our work is nonpartisan. Um, Excuse me, I have a little horse. 
with a progressive orientation, which means we emphasize coverage of Colorado stories that advance or illuminate the progressive values of freedom. (laughs) Justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, responsibility. Excuse me, I have a little horse. Opportunity and equality. <laughs> Conversely, call out, correct, change, challenge, bigotry, racism, misinformation, and conspiracies, particularly at this moment, election conspiracies. So it turns out that the founder of the anti-fascist little Twitter account that's no longer available because they've been suspended because of bad things they've done in the past... Its founder is a reporter for the Colorado Times recorder. The Colorado Times recorder that hates me, hates this program, hates this station, and probably through just osmosis, hates you. You Nazi. You right-wing, whack-job, rack-job, whatever, Klansman. You see, we connect the dots. And so Kirk is going to join us. I know that was a multi, multi-minute introduction or preview of what, what's coming up. But it is important that you know what's going on here. Because somebody with a, bit, a little bit less, uh, how shall I say, intestinal fortitude than Mr. Widland, this would have ruined them. And I'm here to tell you, uh, clearing my throat again <laughs> for emphasis, uh, to the Colorado Times recorder, y'all didn't ruin Kirk. You didn't ruin Kirk at all. Nope. To Channel 9. We'll talk about that with Kirk coming up next hour. Channel 9 sends me a text. How the hell does anybody at Channel 9 have my digits? There's only two people that would have my digits at KUSA-TV. Nine News. Two people. One is in management. I shall leave that individual nameless because I don't think it was that individual and i couldn't prove this but the other individual the only other individual that would have my digits at channel 9 k usa television would be none other than this guy i decided today to start carrying narcan kyle clark kyle clark who while kirk was my producer was on this program some of you been with us since the beginning remember kyle clark was on two three times then, when I wrote the book about Kate Rafferty Petraco in my the last book I wrote called They Said, They Said, I knew through various sources that Kyle Clark of KUSA Television, Channel 9, Kyle knew Kate Petraco. So when I'm writing the book... I reached out to Kyle to see if he would like to have any comments, if he would you know, do a quick interview with me as I wrote this book. And the response from Kyle Clark was, and it didn't really surprise me, is, you know, this whole your producer's a Nazi thing. I'm going to I'm going to just take a pass on this one. That is the last communication that I've had with Mr. Narcan. I decided today to start carrying Narcan. So either Narcan boy or an upper management person at KUSA gave reporter Jeremy Hola, Hola. My digits. And I get a text, and there's no name. It's just number, because he's not in my phone. Wanting to know if I have a comment that my producer is a Nazi. I'm like, what? 
I don't know what the hell you are talking about. And I work as closely with this individual as anybody at this station. And the reverse is true. He's my producer. We must chat even before the show ten times a day. So Channel 9 rips, destroys Kirk Woodland. I don't think Channel 9 is out with a retraction story tonight at 10, right after this important public service announcement. I decided today to start carrying Narcan. Now, what they will tell you is, well, wait a minute. The social media footprint of Kirk Woodland would tell you that he is a Nazi. Well, we're going to get into that with Kirk. We're going to see how what he did, how could he be so misunderstood or taken out of context or whatever. And I think and I would assume and surmise because I've been in contact with Kirk today, I would just say that the answer will both disgust you and maybe even surprise you, but most certainly disgust you. So that is coming up in the five o'clock hour. I want to thank again my former colleague here. Uh, for his time last hour, Kirk Woodland, who, you know, this is maybe the first stop in the vindication tour. Uh, I don't want to regurgitate last hour, and I hope uh, if you didn't hear all of it that you can hear it later via podcast. But Kirk was uh, doxxed. He was the victim, if you will, and though he never called himself that, Kirk was the victim of Antifa. In particular, a group that identified itself out of Colorado Springs. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know how many were in Colorado Springs, and it doesn't matter. That Twitter site over the weekend was suspended. May it be suspended forever. But I found out about it maybe much the same way you did on Sunday, just a couple of days ago. The journalist Andy No, who has been at the heart of the hate for um, for people trying to expose these frauds, whether it's BLM or Antifa, not just in Colorado, not just in the state of Oregon, but coast to coast. Andy No has had, you know, probably hundreds, if not thousands of death threats. Andy No was the victim of of a brutal attack where I think he was lucky to be alive. But basically, the. Twitter account with 15, 16, 17,000 followers, well, they decided to identify after, well, I guess it was in the fall of 2019, they identified Kirk Woodland, who you heard last hour, as a Nazi. So what do you say if all of a sudden I say, hello, friend, Mr. or Mrs. Listener, Mr. or Mrs. Texter, you're a Nazi? Well, in today's society, um, it is not enough to just say, no, I'm not. It's not enough. You've got to prove you're not a Nazi. Don't I know this from my own travails in 2017, being called a womanizer, uh, a misogynist, and the worst of it all, a woman beater. I've never laid a hand on a female. Ever. I've barely laid a hand on a male in a fight. I'm talking. And the other way, too, not that either. But I'm saying you are accused and we're all that's why it was born with my own story. And it's not a woe is me. I couldn't be happier. But it's proof. And it, when it was born, the the idea in my mind, you know what? We are all just one allegation away from at least temporarily having our lives ruined. So Kirk 
is accused of being a Nazi. They manipulate some social media. Channel 9 jumps all over it. Channel 9 gets my phone number. They try to get me to comment. Management here at the station is in a real pickle. What do you do? But now, over the weekend, the journalist Andy No reports on not only the fact that this anti-fascist Twitter site, this poison pool, has been suspended, but actually IDs who created that cesspool of scum to begin with. And that apparently was, and he or she has admitted it, is a, a transgender born biologically as a male named Sean Beetle, now goes by Heidi Beetle. And then all of the pieces start to make sense. Like, for example, why does the online rag that nobody reads, why does the Colorado Times recorder hate this station so much? Why does the Colorado Times recorder hate this program so much, hate me so much? Where did all of the hate come from? And now it's all starting to make just a little bit more sense. You've got this far-left progressive, far-left progressive-funded website, and I read in part, and I know Mr. Caldera filling in for George this morning read the exact same thing. The Colorado Times recorder launched in 2016. Da 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 da. We aim to be fair and accurate. Our work is nonpartisan with a progressive orientation. Read into that what you will. Which means we emphasize coverage of Colorado stories that advance or illuminate the progressive values of freedom, justice, responsibility, opportunity, and equality. Conversely, call out, correct, challenge bigotry, racism, misinformation, and conspiracies, particularly at this moment, election conspiracies. Well, the Colorado Times recorder, this guy is a scumbag among scumbags, and I think every single host on this radio station would agree, including the legend Peter Boyles. But we find out now that not only is the Twitter site that has doxxed, threatened, led charges, bring your, your torches and pitchforks and go, go out and march against somebody or pick your villain. In this case, in the uh, late part, December of 2019, that person, that face was Kirk Woodland. I would get questions. How could, I mean, they attacked me and it's not what was me. This is about Kirk and vindication, but they attacked me. How could you ever work with a Nazi? You are a Nazi. That's where this was born. The the Klansman stuff was born out of Colorado's biggest racist, Tay Anderson. But this stuff just has a way in the sickening part of the society that we live in. An allegation is fact, and that's all there is to it. So, again, if you're following... Andy No talks about this site that is now suspended because of hate and potential violence on Twitter. It gets shut down. Well, who founded that? Who was leading the charge? This Sean slash Heidi Beetle. Where does the Colorado rag times recorder come in? Well, just this morning, John Caldera filling in for George... Just this morning has an exchange apparently via social media that the Colorado Times recorder stands by its reporter. I mean, and I use that with almost dry heaves. I have to hold back this Heidi slash Sean Beetle. 
a reporter. We're going to stand by him or her. Do you see how the dots are connected? I always wondered, why is this rag always up our Comasi Chami? Why? Why is it always trying to find something? First of all, we're easy because we represent everything that they're not. Everything that they're not. So, you know, look into the funding, who funds this, this idiot. What is he, editor? You know, mom's basement web designer. And I really, really just wanted to say in this opening portion of the program that last hour was step one, the first step in the vindication of Kirk Whitland, who was labeled a Nazi, who was potentially had all the ingredients there to ruin his life. But by God, he said, no, you're not going to do it. And they didn't. So to those of you idiots, in particular, Jason at the Colorado Times Recorder, are you, and I've said your, 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 the name of your, your, your publication many, many times. I mean, God, the, the web traffic's going to be amazing. Wonder what kind of retraction story you'll run. I wonder to those of you at Channel 9 that just associated all of us with this Nazi movement. You think tonight at, uh, at 10, there'll be a mea culpa? Think they're reaching out to Kirk as we speak to try to uh, right the ship? We won't hold our breath. Gosh, it's hot in here. Did that toaster catch on fire? It wasn't that. You choked on that bite of burnt bagel. Why is everything all red? The heat is unbearable. Where am I? Excuse me, your dishonor. May I step in on behalf of my client? Mr. Silverman, proceed. Tell me one redeeming good thing your client did. He was a faithful listener to my radio show. Not good enough. He had decency and compassion for his family. He did end-of-life planning with Michael Bailey. The Michael Bailey? That is kind to your loved ones. That is smart and way too decent for this place. Your client can go. And what about me, your despicableness? Why should I? Michael Bailey is my lawyer, too. Go on, then. Get out of here. (laughs) Now, part of that was serious, and part of that was fictional. But you will die someday, and if you don't make a legal plan, the government will make one for you. Call my lawyer, Michael Bailey. His rates are reasonable, and he can meet with you and your spouse wherever you want, and on weekends and evenings. 720-394-6887 or online at mblaw LLC.com. Now back to the Fred Silverman Show. Hey, being a lawyer is a matter of judgment. You have to know the law, the facts, but good judgment is essential. If you don't understand how Donald Trump is culpable for the crimes committed in his name, then I question your judgment. I have the good judgment to question Donald Trump. If you want a lawyer like that, Instead of a knucklehead who believes in the MAGA propaganda, call Craig, 303-734-7156, 303-734-7156. I am Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. Hello. Heidi Beetle. Yes. It's Craig again. Hey, Thanks for doing my show. You made me laugh so hard listening to you with Stephen Tubbs. My gosh. When he <laughs> well, asked you, when he asked you what a chud was. <laughs> holy cow. It's like 
here, I'm going to put both my hands down. Could you please punch me in the face? Anyway, I I don't want to bury the lead because I'm going to play a lot of sound from Stephen Tubbs because you were outstanding. I questioned your judgment going on the show, but I think you were stellar. He had you on for an hour and then another half hour. The circumstances of the interview, extraordinary. Explain it to my audience. Okay, so um, I was the subject of a recent article from Andy No, um, and Andy No, he's a you know Pacific Northwest kind of Portland Seattle area reporter. Um, he has very close ties to the far right. Um, he uh, he used to be an editor at Quillette, but then um, he got fired, and he was kind of exposed as um, being like not just covering, but like embedded with groups like the Proud Boys during Portland protests and stuff like that. And he famously um, got hit with a milkshake at a riot or a protest or whatever, and um, then tried to claim that it had cement in it and, um, you know, used his kind of victim status to sort of grift and um, go fund me and, and work his way into his position now with the post-millennial um, where he kind of targets left-wing voices. And, it, and his shtick is um, really to kind of just take like the most, um, you know, sensational, most, you know, out of context thing he can to kind of cast uh, people on the left as like violent or deranged or whatever. You know, he's, he's very popular um, in right-wing circles. And he wrote an article about me um, mentioning my uh, past affiliation with Antifa, the fact that I had like kind of started the Colorado Springs chapter and um, that I was in activism and some other things and and this is all stuff you know again like i was on your show over a year ago talking about this um it's stuff that's been out there um forever it's not anything new but um you know andy no has this massive kind of right-wing following right Um, and and he just got restored by elon musk to twitter so he starts picking on you again and how many twitter followers does he have he has one million, I think. That's what it was showing. Oh, so um, I, I write for the Colorado Sun, and you are nice enough to uh, read it. And I read you in the Colorado Times Recorder, where you are an epic reporter. Love your work. We're going to get to the Goyam Defense League, what they did on Christmas. But back to Andy No, and the, he... He got you discouraged because you tweet from the heart. And my God, when you spoke to Tubbs, that was from the heart, too. That's why you are such a great guest. But on Twitter, it sounded like you were going to quit between Musk and these trolls. You had enough. But about, I don't know, a day later, you're fighting spirit. Maybe it's your army training. I don't know what it is. (laughs) You said, fuck that. I'm not going to run away. Here I am. And here's what I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I did. I locked down my tweets kind of right after No kind of wrote a thing about me. And and I had a bunch of stuff going on, like personal life and family time. And I just I didn't have time to deal with kind of the deluge of like, you know, right wing trolls and people, you know, all the notifications and people telling me that I should kill myself and and that kind of nonsense. So I just locked down my account. Um, And then, you know, like Twitter. It's one of those things I tell people, you know, block early and block often. It's like voting, right? Um, And so I just block a lot of people. Um, And once you have blocked a significant number of the accounts that, like, interact with Andy Knows sort of stuff, 
Um, you know, it, it cuts down dramatically on just the nonsense that you have to wade through to use the platform. So I spent a couple of days just like blocking a bunch of people. And then, um, you know, like, like I said, nothing that Andy No put out there is stuff that wasn't already out there. And it's not anything that I am particularly ashamed of i you know i have said this multiple times and andy no he he just wrote a new story about um the stefan tubbs interview so i hope he listens to this one um but i mean i i don't know what else to say like yeah i was a part of the you know anti-fascist activism i think nazis are bad um you know the guys in the goyam defense league that are you know throwing these pamphlets out in communities you know i i i think they could hand you know they could they could do with an ass whooping um you know the guys in patriot front who tried to show up at the uh you know, the Pride event in Idaho and got arrested, you know, I think when they tried to do a march in D.C. and their trucks were vandalized and uh, destroyed, I think that was awesome. You know, in, uh, you know, the, the incident um, here in Denver where, you know, Joe Oldman had this big patriot muster and he, he fear-mongered about Antifa and all these things and this guy came out and picked a fight with an armed security guard and was killed. I think that's a natural consequence of Let, this let's, kind of Let's organizing. not just put it on Joe Oldman, although he deserves a lot of the blame, but it was Randy Corcoran's thing. Randy Corcoran, a Colorado State I mean, Republican yeah, guy who fills in for Stephen Tubbs even this week, pushing his January 6th bullshit and whatnot. So look, I was in the belly of that beast. But for this interview, they wouldn't even let you in the building explain uh, the circumstances <laughs> yeah. of, through which they uh, would consent to this interview. I've never heard anything quite like it. And but I've seen a lot. I've heard a lot. I've evaluated these guys. But tell everybody the arrangements for this interview and, and why you agreed to it. Um, we just did it in the lobby of uh, the building, the 710 KNUS building. 3131 South room. Bond, because they said they wouldn't have you in their facility. What yes, a bunch of yeah. bullshit. What an insult. <laughs> well, you know, and I think... I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to impugn Mr. Tubbs' motives or whatever, but you know, it was interesting. We pre-recorded it, and then, uh, you know, we I, I felt like we had a pretty good conversation, and and there were some points we agreed on. And, and Stefan was like, you know, I, I you know I agree that these groups are bad, and I don't support the January sixth thing. Um, but then, like after that pre-recorded segment, he like jumps to the callers and John Caldera and all these people. Oh and my it's just god! Like, I mean, you know violence! What? Uh, yeah, violence! Look at this! Right. And it's like. Ugh. So, so you agree these groups are bad and they pose a serious problem, but like, what do you think we should do with them? Like, did reason, debate, and civil discourse, you know, stop these people from storming January sixth? Um, did it stop them from killing Heather Heyer in Charlottesville? Oh, you were um, tremendous. You were tremendous, and and you've been on my show a lot. And I know where you're coming from, and I respect it. It's not a traditional path, but you are among the most honest people. You come out about everything, okay? And Tub starts talking to you at the end like he's your buddy. How did it go with your family when you came out? And you said, wow, you know. But you answered it as a decent human being, and then he shit all over. It's shit. Yeah, he shat all over you right after he hung up or right after... He played your interview. And thank you for telling me you're on a tight schedule today because I was going to force myself in double time to listen to John Caldera 
and I expected he smeared you, and I would not have liked it, did he? What's up with Caldera and you? Um, well, I don't know. He wrote, you know, uh, he, he took Andy knows recording and he wrote, you know, an opinion column for Colorado politics, which is fine. And he wrote, you know, about the, the leftist media and, and he, he continued, he did kind of suggest he, he had a line in there about how, you know, was I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, was I the armed like Antifa people at a certain protest and and it's funny because I, I very much was not and like I was covering it you know professionally and, and like there are tweets that show that I was not participating in any of that but um, you know th- these are just kind of the talking points and and you know it's a way to get clicks and it's a way to generate outrage and it's um, the way that they've kind of built you know their their platforms and their um, kind of media sphere and I am I am now kind of red meat for their base and, it, and it's fine. Um, but I mean, Caldera is also not like just some objective third party person weighing in on this. You know, he's he's president of the board of the Independence Institute, um, which has been organizing very closely with FEC United in school kind of issues, especially in Douglas County. Um, Paul Prentice, the Independence Institute senior fellow, recently wrote an article or an op ed for the Gazette um, kind of praising the. Uh, the grassroots faction of the El Paso County GOP, um, which again is closely aligned with Joe Oltman and FEC United um, and is the kind of extreme slate of candidates that's, that's generated tons of headlines for me for like the last year and a half. Um, and Prentice was also a plaintiff in one of those like frivolous lawsuits that was thrown out um, over the recent elections here in El Paso County. So, um, you know, John Caldera, the Independence Institute are again, part of this like vast right wing kind of extremist media ecosystem that I have been very critical of. So, you know, no, um, all these people who are like trying to use this as like some kind of gotcha. I mean, it's just more of the same. It's more of the people that I have been kind of fighting against, um, you know, since 2016. And the furthest thing from independent, how much money have they taken from big gun merchants in America. How much money did they take from the Anschutz types and cores before them? So I think you've identified it correctly, and Caldera can come across as this or that, but to me, follow the money. And it's just dominant in Denver Trump radio, as I have dubbed it. They all support Republicans. They all say, I voted for Trump. Some of them, like Roz Kaminsky and Chris Kafer, who fills in now, they they were smart enough to not vote for Trump in 2016, and then they voted for him in 2020. They've gone on to support Lauren Boebert, and I just don't get it, except that uh, people have fascistic tendencies, and I was blind to it. And a lot of these people were my friends and colleagues and I want to talk about the personal connection and the main reason I'm having you on, because you know this story as well as most people. It was broken by Colorado Springs Antifa after you left, but it was exposed on Twitter, followed up by Michael Roberts and people at Westward, followed up by Jeremy Hohola at Nine News. And it turned out that the guy I worked with closely for about four years of my five and a half years show Kirk Woodland, who I thought was just mega mega, he was posting on Russian social media in a place where Nazi talk was friendly, his love for 
various Nazis, including Adolf Hitler. And uh, Kanye West said, hubba da bubba it was this time of year. And uh, he continued on with Tubbs, Tubbs' approval. Tubbs took him from my show. He was made full-time. He was executive producer with Tubbs. He had a big speaking role. He even had a podcast going on in Salem. And he was well-informed. He read everything. And he was mega-mega. He defended Trump through and through. And when I was let go, he was there uh, under those terrible circumstances. He doctored my podcast. He lied about several aspects of the situation. And I couldn't figure out exactly why other than he was mega-mega and I was uh, just eviscerating Trump on Denver Trump Radio. He didn't like it. Management didn't like it. But I thought we had a decent personal relationship. So it's a year later when I learned about Woodland and a lot of things started clicking in for me, like uh, stuff he would put on my soundboard. I can talk about it more, but it's not about me because I bring up Kirk Woodland, a guy I'd like to put in my past because Stephen Tubbs had him on his show. And he was contending, Stephen Tubbs, that uh, this Andy No had been freed up on Twitter and now he's exposed Heidi Beetle and Heidi Beetle's exposed as this or that and she was part of Colorado Springs Antifa and guess what they did to Kirk Woodland? They falsely accused him of this and that <laughs> and Kirk Woodland's going to be on my show and he's going to make it all clear. And I listened on the podcast because honestly, I, I try to monitor to an extent Denver Trump Radio, but listening to Tubbs, I just can't do it. It's too boring. It's What's the word? Anyway, but I heard about it on the podcast. I think you tweeted about it. So I listened to hour one. Amazing. The shit talking by Tubbs against Nine News, Kyle Clark, Jeremy Hohola, you. They never bring up my name. And then uh, hour three, there's a recap of Kirk Woodland's great appearance. More shit talking by Tubbs. But where's hour two? Kirk Woodland. I wanted to hear what he had to say. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Colorado Springs Antifa and Jeremy Hohola and Westward were wrong. I'm open to that. What about that podcast? Did you get to hear it? Were you listening live? No, I uh, I noticed it after the fact, and I, I honestly didn't listen to any of it. I mean, it's and I talked about it on you know with Tubbs, and 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 he brought it up, and I was like, well, I could say you know was was my was the screenshots that Andy No used were those uh, you know doctored or manipulated, um, and and that's. That's the reason why people don't like Antifa. It's they they want to make this big deal about violence, but the fact is, it exposes the Nazis that are in our backyard and these kind of right wing figures. They they have a vested interest in trying to convince people that oh, there's no Nazis, there's no racism. It's just the hysterical left, and it absolutely isn't. And these people are everywhere, and it's not just guys like Kirk Wood Woodland. Um, you know, you look at the the stuff that Antifa has done, and they've they've exposed cops, they've exposed public. Officials. They've exposed, um, you know, people in serious positions of power. And, you know, there's still one of the 
one of the ones that got away right from when I was doing the Antifa stuff. But there was a guy who was posting in the Identity Europa chat groups who was like a figure within the Weld County Republican Party. Like he bragged about having a position in there with all the other Identity Europa Nazis. Um, you know, he used the name Sonic. So if you want to go on Unicorn Riot and look him up. Uh, you know, maybe somebody knows him, um, but he's still out there and, you know, ho hopefully he pops back up at some point. I would uh, would love to catch a glimpse of, glimpse of him. Um, but, you know, they're everywhere and they're doing this. And, and you know, the, the mainstream kind of conservatives want to say, well, not really. And there's no Nazis. And this is just hysteria. Well, um, uh, tell everybody that you were called Tubbs Defense of Woodland. Yeah, he claimed that, you know, it was... Um, How could he be a Nazi? He was my he, good friend. Yeah, really a Nazi, like Heil Hitler and all this stuff. And like the social media, like he, he was sharing speeches from George Lincoln Rockwell of the American Nazi Party. I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you, your buddy can be a Nazi. Like, you know, it's... You are, so, you are so polite, Heidi, though. <laughs> I wish I was just waiting for you to behave. say. Yeah, go ahead. I told him I would behave. You know, I'm I'm happy to I have know, a civil but, discussion. But but I just go. wish, I wish you would have said, um, you know, respectfully, I know it's your show, but if I could ask one question, it's, well, two, because I'll have a follow-up. Uh, one, where is that? fucking Kirk Whitland podcast hour. We all want to listen to it. And two, if you're not going to provide it, tell us what he said. I mean, if you're a newsman, if you're trading on we're credible and believe us, why can't they talk about certain things? What would Edward R. Murrow think? <laughs> I mean, doesn't that destroy the whole station's credibility. I mean, they have Charlie Kirk on there. They have Sebastian Gork. I mean, how low can you keep going? But I was hey, part exactly. of it, and I would say, I, I don't want to be associated with a station that hides its podcasts. I mean, what they did to me, that, that's for another day, but I was genuinely interested to hear what Kirk would have to say. I know this man. Maybe there are some explanations. I, I just, I, I'm going to find out because that hour exists. The amazing thing, Heidi, is on Twitter and elsewhere, have you, have we identified anybody who actually listened to that hour? Um, I don't know. I, I haven't been honestly that invested in it. So. Well, I, I am just because I've never known a Nazi up close and personal. It's sort of startling, uh, as you might imagine. I mean, we got along. And he was a good worker, and like I say, he was smart. And a lot of people were mega mega. Now it takes on different dimensions. Understand this was uh, way before January 6th and all of that. But what disgusts me about Denver Trump Radio is that nobody would think to call you and have you on as a guest about Club Q and the law enforcement improprieties in Colorado Springs. You're part of the LGBT community. And you live in Colorado Springs. You taught high school there. You were in the military there. You've been to Club Q. You follow Colorado Springs law enforcement like crazy. I talked to you. I wrote a column in the Colorado Sun saying, this is a clown show what's happened. And uh, we haven't talked since my column. I'm sure there's more going on. Tell us all about it. Why don't they call you? 
to be an expert because they really don't want to know the truth about Bill Elder and Michael Allen, the DA, uh, well, and, you know, and as, what's going on. Am I right? Yeah. And I mean, you know, as uh, as Stefan and John Keltara pointed out, I'm not really a journalist. I'm an activist. Um, and I guess they can't have activists on their show or whatever. I don't. But yeah, the, the whole thing is a mess. And um, oh, wait a sec. Let's just say a timeout, because that one rally <laughs> in Aurora at the Immigration Center was led by 710 KNUS. That Patriot Muster, they had their guys there. So if if this guy Tubbs wants to claim he's a newsman, he's been active in a lot of this stuff. So come on. It's ridiculous. You are much more of a news person right now than Stephen Tubbs. Far and away, you cover things. And I'll tell you the one thing I've admired about Tubbs is he will show up, but so will you. You go and you report, and of course you have a perspective, but... So what? They should call on you because you have things to say about Club Q. And, and I, I mean, hour and a half was about you and Stefan, but nothing of substance. I mean, what's happening in Colorado Springs? Is Club Q disappeared from the radar? Are there going to be repercussions? Did my column, was that just spinning in the wind? Could the feds take over? What's the sentiment? Um, so, you know, it, it's still progressing and, and, you know, the, the case is, is moving on. Um, you know, it, it's not something that's going to go away. There are like a lot of questions. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I, I feel like it, it maybe needs to, you know, this is a question for, you know, Phil Weiser's office potentially, um, you know, at, at kind of the next level there. Um, I, think it's more, done, I, I think it's more Cole Finnegan, who's the federal prosecutor with jurisdiction, come in as they did in South Carolina, Dylan Roof, and then uh, they did it with the Charnaya brother in Massachusetts, young killers of multiple people. Why not hang out the death penalty? I, I just wonder in a in a town like Colorado Springs, where they probably support capital punishment, is that coming up at all? Um, I, you know, around the death penalty, I haven't heard anything there. Um, you know, and um, to to be quite honest, I mean, I I haven't been following recent developments per, probably as much as I should. Well, no, but, that um, that's fine because people can listen to our prior show. You documented uh, Sheriff Elder's been involved in a lot of controversies. But you have been covering Colorado Springs law enforcement in general, and there are some startling things. In fact, Bakari Sellers, a renowned attorney politician, came to town. You talked to him. Tell us about that. And you, you were beautiful on the Tub Show talking about uh, the police and, and why, why you have understandable concerns. And we all should. You know, you, people just float by, well, George Floyd got murdered. Yeah, slowly by Derek Chauvin while three other cops watched and did nothing. That's the problem, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, currently there, there's been a new, um, you know, federal lawsuit announced against three officers with the Colorado Springs Police Department um, for excessive force stemming from a uh, traffic stop uh, that led to, you know, a black veteran being beaten by law enforcement officers severely. Um, and 
I think it was KRDO down here recently um, just ran a story that, you know, one of the officers that was named had a similar incident, you know, a year ago. Um, so it's just, there's lots of these incidents, you know, and, and Colorado Springs police has also recently settled, um, you know, within the last year, um, at least two cases stemming from the 2020, uh, you know, protest the george floyd protest for excessive force you know denver police department um had that million dollar kind of you know case um mm-hmm. earlier this year um, Boy, so these 12, things are, are all over dollars yeah i, yeah. I have to tell and, you heidi growing up well, you served in the military i was a prosecutor for 16 years i used to say my next life i'm going to be a cop because your cases come fast they're interesting you get a lot of vacation you get a big pension at the end and now, and I wasn't really kidding. I, I thought it was a fulfilling kind of work. But now I worry that if you join a police department in Denver or even more so in Colorado Springs, what if you don't like Trump? Does that rule you out? Probably. I mean, there are a lot of pressures. And the other thing is that when Black Lives Matter went after cops, well, you become defensive. We all get that. It's like you said to Tubbs, yeah, I go after these right-wingers because they're hating on me. So, I mean, what's going on in law enforcement? To me, that's one of the most concerning things out there. Yeah, and in Colorado Springs, we've also seen kind of the politicization of sort of law enforcement priorities. Um, There's been a number of, like, incidents where, um, you know, the El Paso County Sheriff's Office and the Colorado Springs Police Department has used undercover officers to um, kind of target uh, these sort of leftist organizing groups. I mean, I <laughs> I met some of these undercover cops when they were posing and infiltrating, and I, you know, we we thought they were like three percenters or like militia types, and you know, I I told them to like get out of here, like. <laughs> we know you're not who you say you are. Get out of here. Um, and months later, it turns out they were cops. I was like, Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, so, you know, like I've seen firsthand the way that they kind of come after these groups and, and yet somehow they're powerless to do anything about Goyam Defense League or Patriot Front or the Adam Waffen cell that was going on here in Colorado. You know, the, the ideological leader of Adam Waffen, like James Mason, um, based here in Denver, Colorado, it was this mecca where these literal terrorists were coming to sit at this guy's feet and hear his Nazi bullshit. And, you know, somehow law enforcement can't do anything about that, but they can send undercovers to the anti-fascists and the leftists. They can expend all these resources and taxpayer dollars um, to to go after these groups that, you know, are organizing like a march against the the city's centennial celebration or or putting on, you know, homeless outreach events in the park. Um, you know, it, it's it's absurd. Right. And that Adam Wappen exposure by Jeremy Hohola, who described it on my podcast, that's what law enforcement should be doing, right? I mean, go after these bad guys. But honestly, uh, you see people at the at the health club with tattoos that suggest they're part of the Oath Keepers or the Three Percenters. It's disturbing. <laughs> Michael Trout, the Denver PD officer that, um, you know, was involved in a very controversial, um, you know, he, he killed Paul Castaway, um, a guy who had a knife. And, and he's got this big three percenter tattoo on the back of his hand. Um, you, you know, it, it's. 
And with the Oath Keepers, they now are guilty of uh, conspiracy, seditious seditious conspiracy. conspiracy. And and you have Randy Corcoran, who was never a prosecutor, never in the military, but he throws these uh, events celebrating the police for some reason, even though he's a defense attorney and he sued the cops many times. All of a sudden, he wants to associate with the police and the military. Stephen Tubbs, who was never in the military, he has built a career out of, hey, I'm part of the gung-ho military. And there's a Trump problem in the military, too. And we're all taking notice of it. And I would hear the promos by Corcoran saying, uh, they think they're going to do this in Denver. Not on our watch. Not on my watch. Isn't that the saying of the Oath Keepers? Isn't like... Not on our, I mean, they give it away. Uh, It's craziness. They won't talk about uh, Joe Altman ever. I thought they were never going to talk about Kirk Whitland again. I am going to get to the bottom of it. Is is the Colorado Times recorder interested? I'm thinking of the various ways we can (laughs) force them to disgorge this hour. I have some ideas on a legal front. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I mean, we're certainly like, you know, I told Stefan, like, we're, we're, we're interested in the show and we we pay attention. Um, and, and I would genuinely be curious to hear what <laughs> Woodland had to say for himself. Um, and again, you know, why... Uh, I don't know, why, why they, they want to platform Nazis, you know? It's... Right? It just kind of illustrates the point, you know. Did, did, did he prove that he was a Nazi? I mean, I'm really curious now. So I'm going to think about how to go about this. But your reporting is sensational. By the way, when you report on the Goyim Defense League, do you know what Goyim means? Yeah, it's the, the Yiddish word for someone who isn't a Jew, correct? It just means, yeah, other people. It's really not disparaging but uh maybe it's not well, nice it know, all the, depends on how people feel about it um but, the but wing kind I think, of yeah i think it's hebrew and i just think it means other non-jewish people just gentiles I, who knows what people take offense at but uh, goyim is just an indication that we are not jews and we're going to defend ourselves against jews and they put out these pamphlets and didn't Woodland, according to Colorado Springs Antifa, participate in some pamphleting and and some uh, drag show protest in Denver at a comic book place? It's like, I, I remember thinking, what does this have to do with anything? But it's always related, right? The same people who are bigoted against LGBTQ+. They're, they're bigoted against Jews, and, and current events prove that over and over. Yeah, and, you know, it's um, – so the, the Mile High Comics protests in, like, 2018, um, you know, that brought together, like, a broad coalition of these kind of groups, right? So the Proud Boys, um, Louis Huey, who, you know, Tubbs said he had on his show, um, members of the traditional he worker party. He did have that Proud Nazi Boy group. on his show, and Nine News reported that the Proud Boys were going to get a show on KNUS – and that's why I'm playing the whole interview, because Huey, Louie, Dewey, Tubbs' excuse for that was ridiculous. Keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, you know, these groups, they also kind of um, one of the big things, one of the, the many conspiracy theories they have is that, um, you know, the 
Jewish people are behind, you know, the LGBT agenda. Like that was on the pamphlets they were putting out in, uh, you know, Grand Junction. But this idea of cultural Marxism, which is like a Nazi talking point, like this whole idea of like the Frankfurt School and and all that stuff. I mean, that's literally Nazi propaganda that, that guys like Jordan Peterson and, um, you know, all these other kind of intellectual dark web figures um want to put out there but um you know it's just it's nazi propaganda it's blaming you know all these things that they hate on you know a specific minority you know it's a way to to kind of go against both you know the, the trans community and the jewish community at the same time um and it's and yeah it, it is like a good like litmus test, I think, you know, people who are, who are directly opposed to kind of like LGBT people, um, you know, tend to have other biases as well. And we saw it this weekend, there was a, a protest against a drag show in New York and a bunch of community members came out to defend it. But there was a guy, you know, with the protesters who were upset about groomers, but he was throwing Nazi salutes and reciting the 14 words, um, you know, and, and, and then the lady behind, uh, you know, that lives of TikTok account, she took part in January 6th. I mean, it's just this very overlapping web of biases and hatred and bigotry. Um, and they're all kind of connect or connected and they all network with each other. Um, and, and it's something that should be opposed. And, you know, civil debate and discourse is not going to stop these people, you know, and, and, and I'm not going to apologize if, you know, they get a little roughed up or, you know, something happens to their vehicles or if they pick a fight and somebody defends themselves, you know, I see right there. My personal advice is, uh, I don't even know why you talk about that anymore because <laughs> that, that was part of your past. And, uh, I, I, I thought it was fascinating you and Tubbs talking about that, but you're not participating in violence. You are just saying that you understand the perspective, right? And yeah, and and yeah, I'm not involved in the violence. Like I'm not, I'm not going to do it anymore. I, I, you know, I'm done. But I don't think like it's wrong like like i'm not going to provide some kind of critique of people who are defending themselves and their communities from nazis i'm not gonna i'm not gonna feel bad for these nazis who um suffer the very obvious consequences of their hatred and bigotry right and for a long time in my life we celebrated the demise of nazis countless movies were made i thought it was something we all agreed upon nazis are terrible but it turns out we don't and for Tubbs not to do some introspection and think about Kirk Woodland and what did I miss? I've done that in a lot of ways. And it would be fascinating to know how these people are hiding right behind the deli counter at King Supers where Kirk used to work. And, and uh, I don't know what he's doing now. And it, it, it's frightening to me that this young man would go in that direction. I used to really like this guy. This time of year, I'd be giving him a holiday bonus. We'd hug. He said some amazingly complimentary things about me. But now for me to know that he always looked at me as a Jew, and I have to tell you, when Michael Cohen got called a rat by Donald Trump, it pissed me off because I remember how Nazis called Jews rats. And that scene from Inglorious Bastards at the start, 
where the Jew killer tells the French farmer who's hiding the Jews beneath how he thinks of the Jews as clever rats. And I played that extended soundbite once to make that point, and then toward the end, uh, he kept putting it on my soundboard, and I wondered if he liked it the other way. Isn't that creepy? Yeah, yeah, it's... um... It's weird. And I mean, the the history of kind of, you know, it, I think a lot of people, you know, they bring up that talking point, right? Well, we've always been against the Nazis. Um, it's actually really like if you look at the actual historical record, like the whole issue of Nazis was really controversial in World War Two. Also, you know, um, one of the most famous cases of like a Nazi collaborator within the U.S. Armed Forces took place here at Camp Hale. Um, you know, there's this great book, something about treason that kind of describes it and, and groups like the silver shirts and, um, you know, these other organizations that were pro-Nazi in the U.S. during World War II um, that were very active. And even, you know, after World War II, yes, we defeated the Nazis and it was awful. But, uh, you know, we we had this massive operation to take all of these former Nazi officers, these science officers, these people who were, you know, war criminals and launder them into the U.S. for NASA and appoint them to high positions in NATO. Um, so, the you know, the... the there was no real accountability for the architects of Nazi Germany, you know, um, after the war. There there were, you know, obviously some executions and some trials and things like that. But it was not to the degree that people want to think and want to say, like, we did not defeat Nazism as an ideology after World War II. Um, and it shows today and it's still out there and um, it's still prevalent. I just learned about the Silver Shirts from Rachel Maddow's amazing podcast, Ultra. I learn a lot listening to your podcast. Give a plug for yourself. It's not just Heidi Beetle at the Colorado Times Recorder, but you do a fascinating podcast with regularity. Plug that, too. Yeah, so um, I have a podcast called Western Fringe, and it just looks at uh, Colorado history, so kind of like weird parapolitics and a little bit of conspiracy and unexplained phenomena. And right now, I'm, I'm the season that I'm working on now is kind of around cults and religious institutions. So we looked at like kind of um, the evangelical church and uh, you know Scientology and 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 various um, kind of offshoots of that and MK Ultra and and its influences here uh, in Colorado. Uh, my next episode is going to be on the Twelve Tribes cult. Um, which has a presence here in Manitou Springs in El Paso County and in Boulder. Um, so, uh, yeah, you are that's amazing. What I do. You are you're a great writer. You are a news person. Check her out on her podcast, Western Fringe, Colorado Times Recorder. And thankfully, you and me were still on Twitter. She's at Heidi Beetle. I'm in Craig's, Colorado. Heidi, happy New Year, and thanks for being a friend of this show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Heidi Beetle. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, during the pandemic and otherwise, a lot of people have so much affection for their pets. That must come up all the time. What's going to happen to Scruffy? What can you tell us about that, Michael Bailey? What you can do is create a pet trust in Colorado. You put money into trust, and then that money is available and earmarked to care for the dog and it can last the lifetime of the dog or 21 years whichever is shorter and then when the time frame for the trust is up 
you can dictate who gets whatever leftover money or I have several clients who will leave it to some sort of animal shelter or animal rescue to be able to care for other animals. How cool is that? You can go to Mike Bailey's office and he has offices all over and you could meet at your home, whatever. I love the way you practice law. You've kept it going for a long time. Tell everybody how they can make you their lawyer. So my phone number is 720-394-6887. And again, that's 720-394-6887. They can call me or they can go online to mobileestateplanning.com. And there's a link there where you can schedule an appointment with me. Okay, here's the thing. You've been hurt. Maybe, God forbid, someone's been killed. You don't know what to do. If it happened in Colorado, please get a hold of me. Check out my website, craigscoloradolaw.com. craigscoloradolaw.com because I have four decades of experience. Sadly, I've helped a lot of people who have been hurt terribly through no fault of their own. 303-734-7156. Please call Craig. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. 303-734-7156. Now, wasn't Heidi Beatles something? No wonder she's been on three times this year. She's in the middle of the action. Thanks to her and her Colorado Times recorder colleagues. I wish she would have held out before she went on Tub Show for a release of the Woodland podcast, but that's not really her battle. She just went in the lion's den, and she came out, to me, sounding like the better news person, the smarter historian. Tub's response on the Woodland can't be a Nazi because he was my friend. Wow. The stuff about Chud made me laugh out loud. I hope it does for you, too. Here's Heidi Beetle on the Stephen Tub Show, part one. But as mentioned last week on the program, we've got a guest that I would say maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I would say there's no way either she would agree to it or I would have her on the program. And I want to welcome Heidi Beetle. Heidi Beetle is a reporter with the Colorado Times Recorder. Um, couple of things I want to get to right off the top of the program. Number one, thank you to Heidi for coming in. Number two, this is not actually live. This is live, but it's live to tape, as we call it. And I want to be fully transparent. Uh, when I had extended, and I, I'm going to get into this, I, I let emotions get to me last week on Twitter, and sometimes you just can't take stuff back. Uh, but I, want, I extended uh, the offer to have Heidi come on. We'll tell you why if you're not up to speed on the, on the story. Uh, told management about it here at KNUS, and it was determined that because of the activity via social media and maybe the bio of Heidi Beetle, we don't want her in the facility. And I said, okay, but I've given my word that we're going to do this interview. She has agreed to come on with us. Well, we don't, want her, we don't want her in the facility, so I said, all right, well, how about a compromise? So thank you to Mark Crowley. We are actually recording this 
on Wednesday, the 28th of December, but just a couple of hours before you actually hear this. So I was in disagreement with that decision, but management is what it is. And so there you go. The other is this is not going to be edited. The only time it would be is if one of us perhaps uh, lets out a, a foul word, a profanity-laced tirade, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and I have offered to Heidi to have the recorder on her phone going uh, just in case to, I guess, prove that we are not going to edit this. So thank you to Michael Arpaio for getting this on the air. With that, please welcome Heidi. How do you describe your, your role? What do you do? Are you a journalist? Are you an activist? So I'm a journalist. I have not been involved in any kind of activism for at least four years since like early 2019, uh, you know, late 2018. Um, and while I've been involved in journalism, I have not been involved in any kind of activism. It's just the journalism. I, um, you know, I, I worked at the Colorado Springs Independent starting um, in 2020. And, you know, if I wrote about activism, I would include a disclosure. Prior to that, I had freelanced for them um, as, you know, kind of an opinion columnist. And, you know, there was one story in 2017. I covered the Abolish ICE protests that were going on at the GEO facility. I included a disclosure that I was an activist um, when I came on as a staff writer and wrote about more things. I, I, again, included those disclosures and was specific that I was involved in anti-fascist activism. Um, but these days, I'm just a reporter. I cover reproductive justice, politics, and extremism for the Colorado Times Recorder. I do want to say and look at you eye to eye. Uh, you have done something that less than 1% of the nation's population has done. You've raised your right hand. You were honorably discharged. United States Army Sergeant, 2003 to 2011? Yep. I thank you for that. Um, Thanks. We may not agree on anything, but I will tell you, and I don't know if that makes me a bootlicker or what, but I love this country. <laughs> no more than me, I guess. Okay, I mean. so, I mean, you did it. I didn't. And, you know, again, you're less than 1%, so thank you for your service. Um, I would say, is this, is this a fair statement? You come into our building and I come into our building and you actually beat me here by just a few minutes and thank you. You come in with some preconceived notions about either how this is going to go, what my attitude is going to be. And I certainly wanted to think the best, but is that fair that you did? Um, I mean, I feel like in any situation, people have their own preconceived notions and one thing that journalism has taught me is to try to like put those kind of off to the side on the back burner. You know, I'm familiar with your work. I'm familiar, um, you know, with, uh, you know, I listen to AM talk radio all the time. I'm, you know, we at the Colorado times recorder, of course you do, but is it, <laughs> is it more of, wow, this is a really good program or what are those Nazis going to say today? <laughs> um, 50, 50, <laughs> I mean, you know, and we're, Mostly listening to, again, public officials, folks who are in elected office. It's part of the accountability piece. But, I mean, you know, I'm I'm open. I'm here to have a conversation. I'm here to, you know, kind of be honest and, and discuss our differing perspectives. Oh, well, I appreciate that. And I do. Uh, Heidi Beadle is a reporter with the Colorado Times Recorder. Um, here, as we are not in our normal facility, but the interview is getting done. So you had sent me an email, and I do want to apologize. And again, I, I'm not trying to kiss your ass, blow wind up your skirt or anything, but 
I let emotions on social media. You know, I called you, I think, a pig. And I, I, I regret that because at the end of the day, I, I appreciate the dialogue. Uh, you sent me an email, let's do it. Um, and you sent an email and I quote, I will behave myself, I promise. So we get that out of the way. Um, why are you here? Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, um, Andy No uh, with the Post Millennial uh, wrote about me, um, claimed to expose me as an Antifa leader. Um, and so it's generated a lot of fervor. A lot of people have kind of jumped on that. Um, you know, yourself, other, you know, radio personalities. Uh, John Caldera has kind of written on it, um, you know, and as if it's some kind of like gotcha moment, like, oh, look, the, the radical leftists are, um, you know, infiltrating the media and of course you know as you mentioned you know emotions run high on social media sometimes and you know i uh i did you know tweet about you know what no was claiming and you know i was an anti-fascist activist i was part of the colorado springs anti-fascists um and i do not have a lot of regrets about my activism um and you know if anything the events that have happened within the last couple of years with january 6 with um a lot of these groups that um you know the anti-fascists were in conflict with in terms of you know the proud boys and identity europa and um you know groups like the three percenters and the Oath Keepers and things like that um, played a key role in the events of January 6th. And these were kind of the things that anti-fascists were warning about back in 2016 and 2017, back when I was doing activism. So mm -hmm. can you be a former activist? I mean, truly, that does not seem to follow what you put out even on social media. Well, I think there's varying levels of former activism, right? And journalists have these kind of conversations, right? About objectivity, about, you know, to what extent does your, um, you know, your personal experiences affect your ability to cover a subject, um, you know, objectively, right? Even, you know, questions around like sexual abuse survivors and whether, you know, women can cover issues around rape and things like that. So, you know, it's a valid question. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not actively involved in any kind of activism. When I, if, you know, I go to a protest or an event or a political thing, I'm there as a journalist. I'm sitting there, I'm observing, I am keeping my mouth shut and making notes and taking pictures, and that's about it. Um, what is an anti-fascist? So uh, someone who opposes fascism. But I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, I delve mean, into that. So Antifa, right? Um, you know, people who um, kind of concerned about the sort of militant right wing um, extremist movements um, that are kind of built on racism, intolerance, um, you know, demonization of minority groups like LGBT people, Muslims, Jews, et cetera, et cetera. As we sit here, do you come in with a preconceived notion or maybe, I mean, it was long ago. Am I a fascist? I mean, again, like. It's pretty simple. Yes or no. No, I mean. I'm not. Okay. Do you, do you, and, and this is, I'm not going to have this about, I got Heidi Beetle here and now I'm going to, you know, unleash. And instead of going to my counselor, I'm going to just let her know all how, how, you know, I'm butthurt. And I, do you listen to the program? I mean, you say you do, but do you listen? It's not all politics, this program. It's not. Um, I have condoned January 6th from Jump Street when we started our coverage live. January condoned 6th. or condemned? Uh, excuse, excuse me, condemned. Yeah, you're going to have fun with that one. I condemned that. 
I condemned that. It's not good. I'm not a Trump ass licker, boot licker, whatever. Um, on this program, when I've criticized the former president, you should see. I mean, you get all kinds of hate and nasty grams. So do I on a conservative station, right? But we cover so much stuff. I, I just don't know where the, like, and say, I can only ask for your opinion. Where do I fall in or people like me? Are we just all under one umbrella? Because I would say that's what we kind of do to you guys. I mean, you know, there are varying levels, right? So maybe, True. you know, personally, you might not be like a fascist, but do you enable fascism to a degree? How, okay. Do you you know? I, are you talking in general or this program? Um, in general, but I mean, specifically some of the guests that you have on like? some of, um, I mean, political figures like Heidi Ganahl, um, <laughs> I mean, they're in the news. You're a journalist. Exactly. Right. But I mean, there, there's, um, and how can you be a journalist? You use Heidi Ganahl. She's running for governor. She's the Republican nominee. You say you're not an activist. You shouldn't have an opinion. If I have Heidi Ganahl on the air, isn't that fair? You're a journalist. You say <laughs> fair. I mean, the, there are criticisms and, you know, certainly, um, you know, if you look at the media ecosystem here in Colorado, right? I mean, you know, we have a robust kind of right wing radio presence. You know, you've got the Anschutz own paper. Um, and the Colorado Times recorder is kind of an outlier in that we're, you know, the progressive kind of news outlet. And, um, you know, so, you know, just like, uh, you know, some of the Salem media personalities kind of, you know, have their political excesses. Fair. You know, we we have that as well. We say we're progressive, you know, and whatever. But but somebody listening would go nine, four, seven, thirty one, two. Mention the Denver Post. Those are those are not conservative outlets. I mean, I don't know, you know, if if you would agree. I mean, are they down the middle? In varying degrees, right? I mean, I wouldn't say they're radically leftists. I mean, a lot of media does have kind of a liberal bent, um, you know, but, you know, and in terms of like, you know, you talk about the Gazette and the Anschutz paper. I mean, their, their editorial board certainly, um, is kind of a right wing sort of outlet. But I mean, the news reporting that they do is generally pretty solid. And I have a lot of respect for the, you know, the Gazette reporters and the work that they do. Um, so it's just it's kind of a spectrum. And we all sort of have our niche in this kind of media ecosystem, you know, and, and you talk about like the Denver Post, and they still have some very, um, you know, interesting columnists, um, you know, that I certainly wouldn't consider, um, you know, liberal or progressive. So, um, you know, it, it does kind of run the gamut, and it is a spectrum. And we're kind of, I would say on opposite ends of that spectrum. Our guest is Heidi Beetle, reporter, and um, you. Just so we're clear, you did found the group Colorado Springs Anti Fascists. Um, I mean, I didn't find found it myself, but I, I a were founding you, member. Okay, I was. You were there on the ground floor, right? Yeah, and they were recently. The reason why we're even sitting here is because uh, I guess the new Twitter under Elon Musk um, that is suspended, banned. Yeah, they uh, they lost their account, as far as I know. Right. Do you condone violence? Um. So I guess if you're looking for like a yes or no answer, I mean, yes, right? Like violence and self-defense, um, violence to prevent. Self-defense, some people would say that's not violence. I mean, it's self-defense. I mean, I guess technically if you do punch somebody in self-defense, it's violence. Go ahead. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I condone violence. It's, it's a part of our society. It's something that people face, um, you know, 
in all kind of walks of life, it is a presence. And when you talk about kind of covering extremism and, you know, on the fringes of politics on both the left and the right, you know, violence is a part of that world. Violence to what end? Um, that's a good question. I, you know, from kind of the leftist perspective, from, you know, that, that, the anti-fascist perspective, right? The idea is that, you know, it's violence in opposition to these fascist groups that are organizing, that are, um, you know, advocating for violence against marginalized groups that are, um, you know, doing these kind of objectionable things, right? It's, it's uh, you know, if somebody dies, is it, well, so be it. I mean, that, the fact that you're paused on that <laughs> is amazing to me. Well, that's certainly a risk. And, People have died, right? In Charlottesville, Heather Heyer was killed. Um, you know, activists here in Colorado have, you know, dealt with violence while engaged in activism. Um, you know, in 2018, 2019, um, you know, there, there was a, an activist who was stabbed and almost died. It was a really horrific thing. And they were like taking I'm talking down- about though being proactive as Violence so killing as a means someone to else. an end. No, if death, if that happens, if if you see me, you or somebody that I guess you could speak for hypothetically, if I'm involved in something you don't like and violence is condoned, and I'm killed, is it? Well, that was the risk. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is. That's that's part of the risks that. It entails, you know, and, and people look at like the controversy over Antifa as, you know, this sort of like leftist thugs out to like beat up all conservatives, but it's a lot of kind of mutual kind of combat, you well, know, you Antifa think, Heidi, versus Proud Boys. Don't you think that uh, on the right, uh, you know, we're looking at, I mean, it's, it's, we're accusing, I mean, and I say, I don't even want to say we take you and me out of this. One side is accusing the other side of doing something that the other side is accusing this other side of doing. It's, it's the same thing. It's lunacy. It's idiotic when you, when you really stop and think about it. No? I wouldn't say, I mean, you're wrong. You know, it, it does, you know, and these are kind of questions that I had about the activism that I was doing as I was kind of leaving it. And, um, you know, it. Why did you leave it? I got to ask you. Um, well. You know, it was, again, I was one, you know, it is very intense, right? I mean, you're the possibility of violence and, you know, I, I, I've seen other people get injured. Uh, you know, the intensity of kind of the activism, um, was, uh, you know, increasing. Um, you know, we were seeing a lot of, um, kind of these activist groups that were involving like firearms, which I wasn't, super friendly with and and that's an interesting conversation on the left you know but um you know from my perspective it just seemed like a a tremendous risk because i mean i don't know what you know you take silly string to a protest and of course you're going to silly string someone you know you take a gun to a protest and and you know where is this going to lead right um and so you condone that you condemn it which one Uh, bringing the guns i I, on your side yes i you don't you know okay 
and and maybe a more practical reason too is that it just draws much more scrutiny from law enforcement. I mean, historically, if you look at like Ruby Ridge and Waco, those were both incidents that involved guns. Like it wasn't because you know Randy Weaver was this crazy survivalist; it was because he did a gun sale, and it was the same thing in Waco. Um, so anything involving guns is going to draw the attention of you know the federal government and law enforcement in a way that um, you know other things aren't. So it's just an additional kind of thing to avoid our conversation with Heidi Beetle will continue we'll take our first time out traffic and weather together uh, when we come back I want to talk about doxing we're going to get into my former producer Kirk Whitland um, and much much more Heidi Beetle with us for the hour maybe a little longer this is 710 KNUS Welcome back to the program. Happy Wednesday to you. If you are just tuning in, our guest is reproductive justice reporter for the Colorado Times recorder, Heidi Beetle. Uh, we told you last week or maybe the last within the last 10 days or so that uh, Heidi had agreed to come on the program. And if you are tuning in, I won't get into the fine details. Management based on Heidi's resume and Twitter and social media accounts said, we're not comfortable with having her in the facility. So we are doing this taped live to tape uh, in our building, but at a different location. And I am all about transparency. So we had a really interesting, I don't know, an enlightening. You may be listening going, yeah, I agree with everything she says, or, oh my God, I can't believe you're having this person on. I'm ready, willing, and able to get the nasty grams. And, you know, I had to tune out and why would you waste my time? It's only three days after Christmas, et cetera. But I do appreciate you coming in. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Doxing support it. Yeah. I think it's an important, uh, you know, public service. Have you been doxed? Uh, yeah. I mean, repeatedly, um, like I, to the point of showing up with angry mobs of right wing whack job conservatives outside your home or place of employment. Um, I have, um, not mobs, but you know, my, my address is definitely out there and it's been put out there again recently following the Andy No article. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, um, you know, the first time I got doxxed, I had some like Patriot front stickers put like right next to my house. Um, and before that I had had like identity Europa guys, like, poster in my neighborhood and stuff like that so do you believe me and it doesn't matter i mean i'm gonna ask this question anyway um do you believe me when i can look you in the eye and say half of the groups that you mentioned in our first segment i personally know nothing about nothing i don't associate with them i've had one i guess proud boy member on in 2019 i really didn't know a lot and shame on me should have maybe done more research I don't know half of what you're talking about when you identify groups. Do you believe me when I look at you and say that? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll put myself out there. I'll believe you. Um, you know, and, and whether, you know, your, your lack of education on the subject. Maybe I'm is... naive. Maybe I'm stupid. <laughs> Whatever. But I don't know. But, you know, you mentioned this Europa. I've never even heard of that, right? But I've never had anybody on with them. I had uh, Huey Louie on with Proud Boys in 2019 <laughs> after meeting him at the event I think you were at at the anti-ICE rally in Aurora. Um, but I don't even know half of what you're talking about. So, But it goes back to perception, right? You or people that believe the way you believe, you'd say, well, he's on a right-wing conservative station, therefore he does support all of those groups and look at what he's done. And I'm going, I'm listening to you going, well, I'm going to have to go back and, and read up on, on this, but 
is it possible that sometimes I say a lot on the program, sometimes things just can be what they are. And that is maybe my naivete. Sure. You know, it's good to give people the benefit of the doubt. Do you um, do that a lot? Um, I try to. <laughs> I appreciate you know, the honesty. Um, and I at least, you know, even if I'm going to question motives, I try to try to include their perspective in it, you know. But um, and, and a lot of these groups, they intentionally kind of try to avoid coming right out with, you know, what they're doing, right? Like Identity Europa, they, they wanted to be called, you know, identitarians instead of white nationalists, right? Um, even though the rhetoric was basically the same. And, um, you know, once you got into the group, you know, they would have like their interview questions for prospective members. And one of the questions was about the Jewish question. And, um, you know, a lot of their chats involved like, you know, Hitler and, and, typical you know nazi kind of stuff um but they they try to obfuscate their their true purpose and you know patriot front um is very you know red white and blue patriot you know kind of um Over aesthetic yeah um in a way that you know it's easy for someone to maybe look at them without having any kind of background knowledge and think well those are those are good americans or whatever now would they be and i i Hand to God on my kids' lives, I, I ask this genuinely. Would those types of people be, in your estimation, the election deniers or the January 6th? You know, I, I've said if those, if those people are patriots, and again, to use the left's analogy, it was a relatively peaceful protest. That's how a lot of uh, the crap over the last two plus years. But I've said if those are the patriots of this new, re- they don't represent me. I have said from day one, the idiot in the bullhorns and the no shirt or hairy chest, the guy hanging from the rafters in the Senate chamber, the guy putting his legs up and feet up on Pelosi's desk, those people should be prosecuted. And if they are found guilty, put them in jail, let them serve. And that's still happening as we speak. I don't know if saying that. If you believe me when I say that, but again, and I know you can't, I don't read where you work. And again, you've said maybe sometimes you listen, maybe for guests or what have you, but that's, I don't represent that. I may talk about it, but I let my listeners know that ain't me. And trust me, the hate comes. Well, you know, it's good to to disavow these groups, right? And to to try to distance yourself, you know. Um, But, you know, from my perspective, what I see a lot, again, you know, it's, you know, you'll say that you don't support these groups. But then when it comes to Antifa, it's like domestic terrorists and and you know and i understand that perspective but i mean the bulk of antifa's work is dealing with those groups that you disavow so but they come after people like me i've been doxxed i've been threatened i get death threats all the time I'm, i know you have you've tweeted about it and i believe you um there are whack jobs do you do you do you agree with this there are absolute lunatic whack jobs on the far left and the far right? Or are you all, in your opinion, are you all what I would consider a lunatic on the far left? Are you all misunderstood? Or, I mean, do you condone everything that every person on the left does? No, I mean, I have disagreements, you know. Um, but I, I, you know, the I think when you talk about violence and domestic terrorism, um, a lot of that, you know, it looks very different between the left and the right, you know? Um, and 
the 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 threat of violence the you know incidents like the the pittsburgh tree of life shooting you know things like that horrible um club q is horrible do i need to even say that i was actually uh, it was uh, i was on vacation i come back three four days i had to make a mention of it do you think i mean there's not anybody at this station let me tell you that condones it do you believe that that you know it's People are quick to say, you know, we don't condone it. But again, you know, you'll you'll kind of platform, you know, folks like Dave Williams and who's you know, Dave Williams, representative oh, yeah. Dave Williams. Uh, he, he's been on this program maybe once. <laughs> well, and, uh, but when you say you, I just I'm not trying to be an egomaniac here. I just want to give specifics because yeah, I think so. So I'm speaking broadly okay. about kind of the right wing media ecosystem. Gotcha. Okay, not necessarily you specifically, but um, you know the these radio stations. You know they'll they'll have like Dave Williams on and Mark Baisley and you know who they were both kind of very vocal about like the drag event at Highlands Ranch and and these sorts of things. Um, you know, and they will you know use this kind of groomer rhetoric and go after LGBT people. Um, and then when that has it's you know eventual effect which is inspiring violence against this community then everybody wants to disavow it but they'll you know they'll walk right up to the line and then once the actual thing happens then it they you know try to walk it back you know i in um you know colorado springs a lot of the school districts there's been a lot of this conversation and a lot of the um kind of school district folks particularly in district 11 and district 49 have been very um kind of vocal about their opposition to you know anything involving lgbtq people and you know within the last couple weeks before the holiday um you know one of the, the school meeting in district 11 they were you know why why is everyone you know blaming us for this and it's not our fault and um you know this is misplaced and it's politically motivated and all of those things um so i mean you know thank you for 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 condemning it and, and agreeing that it's awful but it doesn't just come out of a vacuum it doesn't come out of nowhere you know um so, and i think that's important to kind of highlight heidi beetle is our guest and uh, in the remaining moments of this segment, and uh, we'll be on for at least one more, may go into the five o'clock hour as well. Again, um, if you have an issue with Heidi being on, I think you need to get over yourself. Because how many times, and I've heard people on the left and the right, there has to be a dialogue. And we may disagree with everything. Uh, you may think I'm a disgusting human being for this, that, or the other. I may feel the same way about you. But I do want to say at least I appreciate that we can have a dialogue. So so thank you. I want to ask about my former producer, Kirk Woodland. I think when he was on within the last couple of weeks earlier this month, were you able to hear it? Uh, no. Or about it? I, I did hear about it. I saw it on the, the did, website. Did you know of him? Do you know his name? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, Colorado Springs anti-fascist kind of exposed his social media activity. You I, had nothing to do with that? That was after me. I was out of the building. Not uh, me. Do so. you know who put out, by Kirk's estimation, thousands of flyers in his neighborhood, picture, place of employment, home address? I do Calling not. him a Nazi. I do not. Do you support that, however? I think maybe, you know, you shouldn't be a Nazi. He says he's not. Your reaction? Um... The social media posts supporting George Lincoln Rockwell, the the article about degeneracy in Weimar, uh, you know, Germany. Um, that seems like some Nazi stuff. He says that 
and, and this is way above my intelligence level, there's a way to manipulate or whatever. Do you believe him or do you believe that the former producer for this program, uh, when the Nazi stuff came out, I'm like, wait, what? There's nobody I work closer with than him and vice versa. Uh, you think he's a Nazi? Like Heil Hitler crap? Swastikas? I, I don't think... Kill the Jews? I don't think his uh, social media was manipulated. I mean, you know, and, and you know, I've, I've kind of admitted it, but I mean, imagine the reaction if I said, oh, all this stuff Andy Noah's posting, those are those are fake screenshots that were manipulated. Fair and, point. Um, you know, and, and people, I mean, people do all kinds of stuff when they think they can get away with it. Uh, and, and, you know, the violence is a big conversation around Antifa, but the real pushback around Antifa is the fact that they expose this kind of organizing and activity. Um, and it causes massive, you know, disruptions and uncomfortableness, and it kind of forces a conversation that people don't want to have when they're doing this kind of activism, you know, in private. And, you know, it, it's the same thing for Antifa. I mean, there's a reason it's anonymous. Heidi Beatles, our guest, we'll take a, another break. Lori in the newsroom, standing by. In our next segment, we're going to discuss uh, the fact that Heidi says, no longer an activist, a journalist now. Um, talk about some of, as recently as today, some of the tweets. You tweet a lot. I do. <laughs> you Sorry. do tweet a lot. And I would assume that, is Elon Musk like a guy you like or not um, like? Or? No. <laughs> but you still use his platform. I do. Because yeah. it's free? Yeah. <laughs> At least for now. Did you well, pay that, the $8? That's, that's where the people are, you know. Yeah. Did you, you pay the $8 for the I blue did check? Not pay I, the $8. I didn't either. Heidi Beetle is our guest. When we come back, some recent, uh, as recently as today, and uh, more. Again, Heidi Beetle on with us. This is 710 KNUS. Welcome back to the program. Our guest here, not in studio, but in our building. If you've missed why, uh, well, listen to the podcast. Uh, Heidi Beadle is here, a reproductive justice reporter with the Colorado Times Recorder. Um, again, if people are just tuning in, you, you do describe yourself as now a former activist. Yes. It's in my bio on the Colorado right. Times Recorder. Right. Uh, can former turn into present day if something inspires you? Would you say, is that truly behind you? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not hitting the streets. And, and you kind of indicated capacity. last segment why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I am not trying to set policy or like push people for one person. I'm not organizing anything. You know, I, I am not coordinating with people. You know, if there's an event, I'll go there and I'll see what happens. And I will report about it after the fact. Okay. I want to go to some of the tweets that were as recently as today. Uh, you clumped conservatives, which I'm a conservative, um, as quote, not serious people, quote, bad faith ideologues. Quote, fine with lies. Quote, violence against minority communities or elected officials. Quote, Colorado conservative media defends Nazis. Quote, groups advocating for genocide, oppression, or LGBTQ people. Quote, danger of far-right terrorism. Quote, free speech warriors. Quote, delusional victim complexes. Um... It was on your tweets. <laughs> yeah. um, are, is that accurate? Yeah. These are things that I've tweeted about various like aspects. So, okay. Um, what, how do you, how do you describe maybe this program or the station in general that you're now appearing on? How many of those boxes do we check according to you? 
Um, I mean, do you honestly think, and I'm sorry to interrupt because I asked you a question, but do you honestly think that, that as we sit here and I look you again in the eye, that I am condoning violence against members of the LGBTQ community or, uh, or elected officials or advocating for genocide? Maybe not you directly, right? Like not you. Okay. Um, you'd be but, accurate. <laughs> Okay. But, but broadly, you know, um, I think a lot of people and maybe they're not doing it directly, but they're, they're certainly enabling it and they're certainly, you know, willing to have the conversation around it. And, um, you know, it, it is telling that, you know, this Andy No thing comes out and, you know, John Caldera's coming after me and all these people, but they don't want to talk about, you know, Identity Europa or Goyam Defense League, which just dropped a bunch of horribly anti-Semitic materials in Grand Junction and have done it up and down the front range or, or Patriot Front, you know, which was arrested. Three Colorado members were arrested in Idaho this summer trying to, uh, you know, inside violence at a pride event. Um, you know, the, the focus is on Antifa and how they're communists and how they're terrorists and how they, you know, condone violence. But, you know, there's lots of violence in our society. You, you just said you condone violence. I mean, how can you say they condone violence? Violence is self-defense, right? So like, you're, you're, you're telling me that Antifa, when you were with it, or people on the left, you, they're only in self-defense, that you're not, on the, you're, not, you're not being proactive, or not you. Some on the left fringe aren't being proactive. Come on, people would have a real hard time believing that. Well... Even if I wasn't an Antifa member, right? Like as a, as a trans person, you know, in society, you know, I'm at increased risk of violence and harassment, you know, um, which is terrible. I could not care less how you identify. The only thing I don't want, I don't want you going into a classroom and making kids have the opportunity to see without especially parental consent, a book like gender queer. I'm not into banning books. I don't like to burn books. That's ridiculous. But I just don't want it, and I, I say this because this is how I've talked about it in the past, and people maybe listening to you would concur. Just don't, don't shove it down your throat. You can be, to me, you be who you want to be, and you have every right to be that way. I'm not, I'm not BSing you. You should be able to do whatever you want. And as long as you don't involve children and you don't involve violence, I have no problem with you. I wish you the best of the rest of your life. I don't know if I'm that crazy one conservative that would look you in the eye and tell you that. Do you believe that? Again, I, I think maybe that's a bit of a bad faith argument, right? Um, I mean, have you looked at the AP literature reading list? Um, you know, a, a lot of people, they, they have all these concerns about books with LGBT content. But I mean, you know, Faulkner's As I Lay Dying has this like... No pictures, though. No pictures. No pictures of um, a, a boy sucking a man's erect penis. We've talked about that. I, I, I don't want to cut you off on that because I know I opened it up, but I don't want to get into the weeds on that because that's not why we're, uh, we're, we're talking. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but these kind of arguments are, are, again, used to cast like LGBT people as, you know, groomers or this threat to children, um, which has, you know, historically been used. I mean, it's, it's just rehashing the, the homophobia of the seventies and the eighties. It's wrong to clump, say transgender individuals, LGBTQ plus community as, as, as one entity. Do you agree? It's like, 
oh, if they're gay or they're trans, then they are this. Would you agree that that's wrong? I mean, yeah, it's, it's not a monolith by okay. any stretch How about of the let's imagination. Flip it. How about let's flip it? Do you have the ability or do you feel that the left and Antifa have the ability to go, not every conservative is out there breaching the Capitol. Not every conservative is praying at the knees of Donald Trump. Every conservative is not, give me five guns and weapons and give me five more. And if you, if you don't like it, well, I'm going to shoot you. I mean, can it go both ways? I think it does. You know, I, I mean, I will say, you know, since I left activism, since I started working in journalism, I mean, um, even though, you know, again, the Colorado Times recorder is progressive and, and people, you know, have criticisms about the Colorado Springs Independent where I worked before. Um, but, you know, it, it forces you to look at both sides. Like I have, like my, political fieriness or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, it's mellowed considerably, you know, and, um, I have a lot more room for nuance now. And, and even people on the far left, I mean, even Antifa, like there is discernment in the people that, you know, they kind of focus on or, or the groups that they look at. I mean, you know, they, uh, there is, you know, kind of standards and, and criteria and, you know, it's they're not going after every conservative. Heidi Beetle is our guest. Uh, if you're OK, let's let's continue into the, the next hour. We'll do one more segment. Sure. OK. Uh, we still have uh, a few minutes here before the news coming up at the top of the hour. Um, I mentioned and uh, I'm going to say it again just in case because you never know who's listening and when they come in. Um, I have apologized to you because I let emotions. I, I mean, I'm better than what I tweeted about you. I think I called you a pig. A disgusting pig. Um, disgusting pig. Thank you. I just accuracy. Um, do you know much about? And I'm being serious. Do you know much about what happened to me in July, August of 2017? I do not. No. You retweeted last week, I believe, a Fox 31 article that I thought you could have done a little bit better job because you actually retweeted the article that had charges dropped. You should have probably, for more of an impact retweeted or connected the article that said I was arrested or fired. You don't know anything about that, but you're a journalist and you go ahead and retweet that. And then you, I, I don't have it in my notes exactly what you said, but it was like something that was real rich that I'm talking about violence. And then you assume that, well, charges were dropped. Maybe it's because of who I am and I have buddies and I'm sure I'm you're, maybe you thought I was a woman beater or whatever. Is, is that a, a fair assessment of where you were. And is that really journalistically accurate, ethical to do something when, if you are a journalist, you didn't reach out to me to, to do that. No, you know, and, and like you said, you know, emotions, em emotions on Twitter. Um, you know, um, you know, I, I did include that the charges were dropped to, you know, but that's not what you wanted to convey. Let's face it. You, you, wanted, fair, to convey, enough, you yeah. wanted to convey to your followers that this guy on conservative radio uh, was a woman beater. Um, you don't know the fact that twice the individual that eventually my stupidity, my drunk text. I, I texted drunk. Have you ever done that? Uh, I don't drink. Okay. So fair enough. But, but I understand. Right. I sent drunk texts. No threats. But there were lies. 
upon lies. This individual that was connected with me broke into my house twice with a gun. See, it's those types of things. I don't expect you to shed a tear. I don't expect you to give two craps. I don't expect you to care. My point in bringing it up is you put that out there. You didn't put it out there for information. You put it out there to generate disdain, hate, potentially violence against me. Is that fair? Your assessment or what I did? I mean... Well, you tell me. Why, why did you do it? And again, we both have agreed we're better than probably what we did, I don't know, to each other via social media. But that it, it does happen. But I'm just... What was the point of that? Um, like I said, you know, I was irritated. Um, I, you know, emotions were running high. Um, and the exact same thing uh, kind of happened to me with the no story, right? I mean, people can take things out of context. They can use it to spin a narrative, um, you know, and and it's easy to do, right? And so maybe, um, you know, part of that tweet is an illustration of that as well, you know? Um, and it, yeah, you know, I feel like I, social media is awful like like i really should just like get off of twitter and not use it <laughs> Says it's the just, person who tweeted i know i tweet times. so much and um, retweeted but you're not just retweeting you're you've got your own content um a final point on this and again heidi beetle is our guest and i i if if you can't stand the fact that i would allow allow uh heidi to have a platform or be a part of this program again i i, I do not apologize um i think that this is um is something that at least at the end of the day, maybe can be, I mean, if my wish, we could be productive. We'll, we'll be uh, with Heidi in uh, our first portion of our 5 o'clock hour. A couple more things, and we've only got a few minutes to news coming up. Um, Stefan pals around with Nazis. Um, there's one, if I could, and I want to do this kind of on the fly, but I took a screenshot. And by the way, I don't say that you're responsible uh, for this. But this was a real interesting one. I'm old. This five days ago from someone named Claudia Lamb. Do you know Claudia Lamb? No. Okay. I don't either. I am old enough to remember when Stefan Tubbs wasn't an insufferable performance artist for Nazis. It's repulsive to see what he's become. I mean, do you care if somebody has that reaction? Again, I don't expect you to. I don't expect you to shed a tear. But it's just so ridiculous that I am a, and I will pull it up one more time for emphasis, I'm an insufferable performance artist for Nazis. How? I don't get it. Do you? I mean, I, I think they're kind of referencing the, uh, you know, Woodland incident poten mm -hmm. potentially, or well, just, again, the attacks on Antifa. Um, you know, I... I don't know. Like, Should I blame you? Should I blame you personally, Heidi Beetle, for the violence in the summer of hell 2020 downtown Denver? Should I blame you for the lawlessness in Portland, Oregon, or pick a city in the country? Should I blame you for that? Are you connected? Well, no. I, I wasn't not. involved in activism at that time. Um, so, Do you see where I'm going with this overall? Yeah. And, and I, I could pull up a bunch of mean tweets about myself as well. No, I, I mean, the. No doubt about that. I have no you doubt. You know, the, the ecosystem kind of works both ways, I think. And, um, I don't know. I will try to be better about my social media excesses. What did you bring me here? You brought me, you brought me 
just some stickers, uh, you know. Like um, we're going to get into <laughs> in the, in our next hour. I want to know truly how you feel about law enforcement because you you have tweeted out you know law enforcement would never help you if if there's an issue with LGBTQ community etc. And in fact, I just looked at the time, so we're going to run out of time for this segment. But please stay with us. My goodness, I play again more of the Heidi Beetle interview with Stephen Tubbs to just show how it goes over there. These guys have an audience that really has taken control. They are afraid to go against the audience or change their mind. Stephen Tubbs was decent and civilized with Heidi Beetle, but the callers after were not, and he went right along with it. Made outrageous statements here. Judge for yourself as she listened to the second hour of Heidi Beetle on the Stephen Tubbs show and the callers who follow. We continue our interview from last hour with reproductive justice reporter from the Colorado Times recorder, Heidi Beetle. Um, she is a former activist, as she told us in her words last hour. And again, I appreciate you coming down. We, as we air this first uh, segment of the five o'clock hour, uh, I did say, um, probably snarkily, if that's even a word, you know, sarcastically a little bit. Come on, come on, let's come on the show. That'll be fun. You reached out, I think, via Twitter at first, sent me an email. Thank you for that. Uh, and you, you said, I'll come on the show. We were going to do this live, and my management, in seeing your bio and some tweets and stuff, said, we're not comfortable in having you in our facility. And I, you know, I said we were going to do this. So in a way, I will tell you, I disagree with management's decision, but I also appreciate that we can have this, this dialogue. For those people that are just coming in at the top of this new hour, who are you? Tell us a little bit. <laughs> uh, so I'm Heidi Beetle. I uh, cover reproductive justice, uh, politics, and extremism for the Colorado Times Recorder. I am a journalist, also a former activist and founding member of the Colorado Springs Anti-Fascists. And... Again, if people were listening last hour, they're going to say, you already asked for that. But um, what is a fascist from you, please? Uh you know, kind of an extreme right-wing movement that targets minority groups that, um, you know, is closely aligned with um, kind of the interests of capital and, you know, industry and um, things of that nature. Um, just, a, just a militant kind of right-wing movement that targets, you know, marginalized people. Was there ever a question of, not tooting our own horn here, but they're a bunch of fascists at KNUS. Why would I ever even waste the time? Um, why are you here? Well, because I am a journalist, right? Like, I'm not an activist anymore. I am a part of the media ecosystem. I put stuff out there. And if we, you know, want to have a conversation about it, I, it is my job now to have these conversations. You know, this is not something that I would have done, you know, when I was an activist, you know, a, a lot of people have the kind of mentality, you know, there's no point in debate and, you know, there's no reason behind it, you know? Um, and, and I'm in a different phase of my life now. And, you know, yeah, if we, you know, as you said, we had kind of our heated kind of Twitter, um, interactions there, um, which I would agree is not particularly productive. And, you know, if, if anybody wants to have a conversation, you know, and, and I've, you know, been the subject of Andy Noe's article and, 
and that's you know, how basically and, and I and I've said what I said, so mm-hmm. you know I'm here to kind of defend my position and and have a conversation about it. And that's how really we're sitting here today. Is Andy No the uh, post millennial? Mm-hmm. But I, I think he was on Twitter before he started writing. Whatever, uh, Andy No, I. He came upon my radar with kind of his coverage of Portland. Is 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 am I right? Yeah, that's really where he kind of built his career and, and his he reputation was injured pretty seriously. Do you think about Andy now? I mean, did he deserve that? Um, he's written about me. I'm not going to comment. Fair uh, enough. Sorry, that's that's fair maybe enough. a cop out, but now fair enough. Um, you on December nineteenth. Let's see. I. I well, you, you tweeted a link to, quote, support troops in the fight against racism or excuse me, fascism. Um, you also the same day you quoted and I quote, if they want me to stop, they will have to kill me. That was December 19th, I believe. What do you mean? If they want me to stop, they will have to kill me. You say you're a journalist now, not an activist. I don't get it. Well, I feel like, you know, this no article comes, um, you know, four years after I stopped activism. And, and people, you know, I've disclosed it. In, so was it a low blow, Andy, know what he did? Um, I mean, you know, based on my history, I mean, it's fair. You know, like I, I'm in the arena. I'm playing the game. It's, it's part of it. And it comes with the territory. Um, but the reason this is all coming out again, you know, I – my journalism has been very critical of a lot of, uh, you know, major, um, you know, right wing political figures. Um, a lot of people affiliated with Andy. No, um, there, there are a, a lot of people who have a lot of interest in maybe, um, discrediting me and some of the things that I've reported on. Um, so I, so think- when you say, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but when you say, if they want me to stop, you're referring to writing about it, being a yeah. journalist. Okay. Um, December 19th, you, this was retweeted with Andy. No, um, quote, Antifa is good. Actually is a, a, a portion of that tweet. Um, you do say, and, and, and in all fairness, you also tweeted quote, my days of being Antifa are over close quote. And then the same day I told you, you tweet, I'm telling close, you, you tweet a lot. Uh, and I quote, do I support violence? Yes. F M F M. Um, you also talked about the fact that police officers in the system won't stop. Um, and what help marginalized people explain that. So in terms of, I, I think, you know, January 6th is a good illustration of this. These organizations like, um, you know, the Oath Keepers and various reporting has showed that like a lot of members of the Oath Keepers were involved with the Department of Homeland Security. Um, a lot of them had ties to like law enforcement and things like that. A lot of like county sheriffs and deputies. Um, a, lot of, are, a lot of conservatives I've heard, they would agree with you on that. They say this was infiltrated by the FBI and this was actually by the government to make those whack jobs look even worse. I mean, and I actually like, there were a lot of FBI informants involved in a lot of this. And I think that's definitely something um, that we should pay attention to. But do I think that the FBI like orchestrated it? Put this to rest. Heidi Beadle is our guest. Put this to rest. 
I have had conservative, ardent conservative listeners that may not even listen anymore because they don't like my shtick, but that's fine. That's the way it is, right? Someday they love you, and the other day they, they don't love you. Um, they've said that January 6th was orchestrated by BLM and Antifa. Would you react? It absolutely was not. I actually wrote an article um, for the Colorado Springs Independent shortly after January 6th about that very subject. Because I think um, that's lunacy. I agree. Yes, I agree with you, though. I didn't read your article. I agree with you. And I've said it on the this is not the first time. That's lunacy. Show me pictures, video, give me witnesses. It's craziness. So I agree with you. Does that surprise you? Uh, A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Pleasantly surprised. All right. Still don't condone what you do or did. Um. Because this is a new hour, we talked about this with Heidi Beetle a little bit last hour. The December 19th tweet, do I support violence? Yes, F them. What do you mean by that? And how can you be a journalist and support violence? I don't get that. And again, it comes back to the, you know, self-defense kind of issue, right? And and I think the rest of that tweet, you know, I specifically reference, you know, Charlottesville in 2017. You did. You did. Yes. Um, and, you know... The Idaho pride that, you know, Patriot Front showed up, they had shields, they were ready to kind of cause a riot, do harm to people. Um, in these situations, I, I think, you know, it is warranted and, um, you know, it, it's self-defense. Up to and including death if it's self-defense? What if it's not self-defense? Do you condone somebody in a group that is against your beliefs and you feel even as a journalist, maybe you wouldn't do it, but is that the risk people take? And is it on, is it the same on both sides? I would say it is the risk that people take and it is the same on both sides. It's not, you know, it's mutual kind of combat. It's like, I mean, it's sectarian kind of like gang stuff, right? You know, the, the right and the left and, Your thoughts on, I don't know if we break this down into local, metro area, state law enforcement, or just law enforcement in general. When I say, oh, he's a cop, maybe you have a reaction. What do you think of law enforcement, whether it's the Aurora PD or DPD, Lakewood PD, or in Colorado in general, or the country? So... You know, the, the leftist argument, again, is that, you know, law enforcement kind of um, supports all these structures that are oppressive and bad and they are on the side of capital. Um, you know, again, I my political like firebrandedness has, has been kind of watered down and I've covered a lot of things involving law enforcement. And, um, you know, I, I can acknowledge that it's a difficult job, um, but there, there are certainly valid criticisms and, th- and there are points where, you know, political motivations kind of seep into law enforcement. Um, I've written, you know, a couple pieces about how law enforcement in Colorado Springs has, um, you know, used undercovers against kind of left-leaning political organizations. Um, here in the Denver area, you know, there was an incident um, last summer during during the, you know, the protests and stuff. There was one activist, I think his last name was 
Bryce or, but he was part of like the, the new Black Panthers or something. And he was, uh, talking with an undercover like FBI guy and made some crazy statements about, you know, wanting to kill Phil Weiser. Um, and they couldn't put together a case to like charge him with anything actually, but they were able to use like the red flag law to kind of take his guns and that sort of thing. Um, so you do see a lot of, a lot more kind of law enforcement focus on the left than you see on, at least from my perspective. You're, you're um, saying this with a straight face. I take <laughs> you back to the summer of hell as i call it 2020 first of all were you down there at all in the back to back to back to back nights of violence uh not here in denver i was okay. in colorado springs was i covered it, it down there what you were covering it yes okay uh, i was there again as a journalist i had a press badge i was taking pictures i don't know how you are with your parents but on your parents lives you would say you did not throw a rock you did not egg people on. You were there as an yeah. objective I, I was tweeting. I mean, okay. I tweet I a lot. So I, <laughs> you, you, do. you can go back and look at my tweets. Um, go ahead. So, so yeah. Yeah, I was there, you know, um, as a journalist. And, and again, what, what were the, the protests about? Were, were they about well, law I'll enforcement? Well, I'll tell you what it was sparked by. George Floyd. And the knee-jerk reactions of, I mean, that led to the red flag bill in this in this state. Um, do you and, con- go ahead. Yeah, and, and you know the George Floyd incident in Minneapolis kind of sparked it, but when you look, you know, here in Denver, it uh, kind of morphed into the Elijah McClain incident in Colorado Springs. It was around Devon Bailey, right. um, so it just kind of nationally awakened a lot of long simmering tensions that a lot of communities had with law enforcement. So you mentioned two very important names in this state: Elijah McClain and Devon Bailey. Um, I don't expect you to know my stance on that and how it was covered on this very radio program. Elijah McLean should be alive today. Devon Bailey should be alive today. I could not have ripped on and made it evidently clear how disgusting those two incidents were. And though those two departments in particular, uh, well, one is pending, obviously, in, in Aurora, and they need to pay. Again, I don't think that kind of would follow the narrative of what I think, maybe not you, but a lot of people that feel like you, ah, they just label very quickly. I want to ask you, and this is a family program, literally I ask this, and I hope we don't have to edit this out. What is a chud in family-friendly terms if you can do it? Sure. It's just kind of a slang term for, you know. Because I don't know. Literally, I'm looking at you. I don't know, and I've been called that countless times. Just sort of, you know, a dumb sort of Stupid. person. So I yeah. would be a chud. A for blockhead, ask- a bonehead. A- I would be a chud for asking what a chud is. <laughs> Not necessarily, but I mean, it's a general purpose pejorative. And okay. it's usually used against like, you know, Nazis, Proud Boys. Well, there you go. Um, uh, what is a bootlicker? I've been called a bootlicker more than a chud. Um, so, yeah. Boot Am licker- I a bootlicker to you right now? Is that what it means? I mean. A kiss ass, I'm assuming. I don't know. Sort of someone who kind of like worships power and authority and police, right? That kind of like I support law fascist reverence yeah, for no, that's um, not me. authority and law and order. Um, we talked about January 6th. We talked about the summer of hell 2020. We talked about the fact you were a journalist then. Um, where does this go from here? Not literally our conversation. Are we at a precipice right now? People, I can't tell you how many times I hear we're on the brink of civil war or we're on this and that. And I don't know. Do you? 
I mean, I think it's a really weird time. Um, I would say the way I kind of think about it is we've been in sort of a cold civil war. I mean, that's what Antifa versus these like right wing groups kind of is. Um, in a lot of ways, it's a rehashing of, you know, capitalism versus communism. And, and, uh, you know, and we're seeing a resurgence, not just, um, in these kind of white nationalist groups, but I mean, the John Birch society is, uh, really popular again, um, and things like that. So, um, you know, we're definitely in a weird time and, you know, I think a lot of things around kind of like January 6th and a lot of the, the lawsuits around, you know, the election denial kind of stuff. Um, it, it will be interesting to see where it goes and how all of that plays out. Do you have hate in your heart, in your head, in your mind, in your being? If so, would you mind describing what that's like? And if not, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have somebody just, oh, you know, that person's full of hate. But, I mean, here's FCK Cops, a sticker you brought. Uh, you're entering a fascist-free zone with, you know, the, the circle and the slash through it of the only one I really even recognize is the Nazi symbol. Um, the uh, I don't even know what that is in German. <laughs> probably anti-fascist. Um, do you have hate, like, as we sit here? No, I mean, I have... You know, I, I have, I guess, you know, that, again, self-defense kind of instinct. I have, um, you know, hate for people who hate me, you know. Um, I hope that they, I mean, I hope that they would just stop. Like, you know, the 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 shields and the marching and the, the anti-Semitic pamphlets and, you know, the violence against queer people. Um, I would like it to stop. You know? Do you admit, though, that that's not everybody who, say, wouldn't vote for Joe Biden? Yeah. I mean, I and again, I am not, like, trying to label everyone that way. I mean, there are specific groups that are doing this, and they're, you know— uh, Having done, you know, my job for the last couple of years, having been in journalism, I mean, there are some conservatives, some Republicans that I have good relationships with. There are people that I would say who are conservatives, who are good public servants and elected officials who care about their community and, you know, uh, want to put, you know, policy and things first. And they have a different perspective on the role of government. And and that's fine, you know, but there's a difference between that and, you know, calling people groomers and, and, you know, coming after, you know, Muslims. And, um, you know, there, there's definitely a line. Heidi Beadle is our guest. Just a few more minutes. And I do really appreciate taking the time. Uh, we've got to get, uh, get rolling in, in just a few minutes for traffic and weather. Are you a proud American as we sit here today? Uh, no. <laughs> do, you, do you love this country? Um, no. I mean... Kurt Vonnegut, right? Author, World War II veteran. You know, he wrote this book, Mother Night. Um, and there's this great line in it. And he's complaining. He'd been, the main character had been out of the country for a while and he comes back and it's Veterans Day. Um, but he remembers it as Armistice Day. And they're like, no, it's Veterans Day. And he kind of, kind of complains about how the focus has shifted from those who have died in war to the living. And, you know, another character says to him, y you hate America, don't you? And he says, no, that would be as stupid as loving it. You know, mm. um, you know, it's a country, it's a place, um, you know, I, there are some great things about America, but there's a lot of things that, you know, could stand to be fixed. 
Have you thought about leaving? Uh, I have. Where would you go? Um, I don't know. Maybe Canada. Um, you know, maybe Europe somewhere. But um, I don't know. I've lived here. You know, I, I own property here. I have family here. I, you know, was in the military. I fought for this country. Why? I feel like That's the question that would be. Why did you serve? Um, because I was young and trying not to be a trans person. And, you know, it seemed like something to do. Um, I didn't really think through the motivations and implications. But you were in for eight years. That's more than just a whoopsie. I mean, yeah. you signed at least two contracts, right? Yes. Yeah, I did. And, you know, the second time, um, I don't know if I was thinking I wanted to make a career out of it, but it was during um, kind of the height of everything, the surge. Um, a lot of people that I knew who were serving were like getting called back up after they got out because they were still on right. IRR. Right. Um, and they were getting attached to these like sketchy National Guard units. Um, so it just seemed better to just get it all out of the way. Do you take part in your benefits from the VA? Yeah, I've got like 20% disability. But you um, hate this country. Why would you put yourself through that? I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's just it's fact. You hate the country for the most I don't part. I hate the country. Okay, well, you dislike the country? I have I have some criticisms. Okay, but you'll take the benefits. I earned you, the benefits. You did, but I'm just trying to figure out mentally where, I mean, is that hard to, do you get a disability check every month? I do, yeah. Okay, you earned that. But is there ever any in your mind going, well, I feel this way and maybe I shouldn't? Yeah. I mean, there are guilt? there are moral qualms about that. I mean, the, you know, I, I served in Iraq, you know, which, you know, there were awful things that happened there. I was a part of those awful things. Um, you know, it's. If you had it to do over again, would you do that path? Um, I mean, no, I, I think I would do something else, you know, but it's, you know, that's an interesting thing. Like trans people think about that all the time, right? Mm -hmm. If I could just, you know, go back and do it all over again, like would I do it differently? And, um, you know, knowing what I know now, I mean, yes. But at the time, you know, people make the best decisions that they have in front of them. You know, when I was 18 in rural Virginia, you know, the – Military was a good option. Mm -hmm. Military uh, in your family? Yeah. My dad was a veteran. He mm -hmm. was in Vietnam. And we welcome him home. Seriously, as we wrap up, um, are you close with your family now? Have they been supportive of your transition? I know it's a, it's a big, broad, could talk for three hours question, I'm, yeah, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. So it's always funny when straight people ask that because no, like queer people, like the LGBT community, like you don't ask those well, questions i am um, straight and i don't so, mean to inter i mean no, I'm not you're fine. To, with all um, due respect i'm but no yeah my my parents are dead um and my extended family um haven't spoken to me since i came out um actually my brother uh passed away over the the christmas holiday oh, um and i hadn't you know the last thing that he said to me was kind of making fun of me for being trans so that sucks um, um I don't know if I say we'll have you on again. I don't know if you'd agree to it. I don't know if I'm going to hear from others. Yeah, no, that's never happening again. I do appreciate your time. I'm just, I want to end with, I hope you felt this is fair. We're not editing anything, but do you feel you've been treated fairly? And yeah, I've, I've got notes. Uh, I will say, Heidi, no notes. Um, better, worse than you anticipated. Has this been fair for you? Yeah, I mean it's a conversation. I'm happy to to talk with people, you know, and and um 
be called out on my my Twitter excesses. Um, and I've apologized. Yeah, and and I'm sorry as well. I I will also apologize. Thank you. I hope you have uh, a happy new year. And um, please know that we don't condone violence on this program. I want you to be who you are, and you should be able to be who you are. I couldn't care less. I look at you as a human being, whether you believe it or not. Thank you. Thank you. Heidi Beetle. your reaction, if you'd like, 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. Uh, text the studio via the free-to-download app, and, of course, you can email me via the website. Welcome to our potential live stream global audience. We'll be back on 710 KNUS next. Welcome back. 34 minutes after 5 o'clock. This is me, live. This is live. Everything you just heard for the last 90 minutes was live to tape. I think in the 6 o'clock hour, I will get into why. Because it's getting into the weeds if I tell you, well, here's why we did it. and it was good. That just happened. And I do want to say thank you to Heidi Beetle. Uh, have you been in a conversation for 90 minutes with someone that you can just almost assume that they just really don't like you. I'm not talking about an ex-wife or an ex-husband or to be. I'm talking about 90 minutes remaining calm. And it was a respectful conversation. Do I think that individual is whacked out of her mind? Yes. Does she think that I am whacked out of my mind? Yes. But none of this BS of we've got to have a dialogue. It starts with a dialogue, and then somebody's complaining about what we just played for 90 minutes. You, you can't have it both ways. So I just want you to know I'm fired up. I'm happy to be with you. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Here with you today, tomorrow, and, and Friday. Blake's with me. Thank you to Michael Arpaio. Thank you to Mike, uh, Mark Crowley for, for helping. And thank you to Heidi Beetle. John Caldera is standing by where we've got full lines, 303-696-1971. I will tell you that I'm going to tell you live right here, Blake, uh, this is live planning. If you want to discuss or criticize how dare you, how could you have an individual like that on, could you do me a favor? Do me a solid. That'll be tomorrow. You can call with all kinds of criticism. But if you do start, I'm going to ask Blake to hit, as my former colleague Mike Rosen used to say, Mr. Hold Button, because I don't want to waste the time. Deal? We'll talk about that tomorrow. Let's start with Dick in Englewood. Dick, welcome. I don't even know what to ask you, but I'll ask you your reaction. Uh, that's what I called about, Stefan. Uh, I thought it was quite excellent. Uh, one thing that drove me crazy, every sentence had two ums and two you knows. Yeah, you know what? I'm listening uh, back to it, Dick. I said, I said um a lot, too, so I apologize for that. But what about no, the content? Uh, uh, I thought it was fascinating. Uh, I thought you, uh, you spoke equally well with each other. Uh, she is not a person that I would want to meet or get together with. And uh, what went on has been horrific for this city, for this country. Uh, I, I thought the interview was uh, quite excellent. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I was really, I was interested, Dick, and I want to get your opinion. I can't remember because I know you've called before. Are you a veteran? Yep. That's what I thought. No, my, my dad's the one who, who flew. That the, underneath the Golden Gate the, Bridge. Uh, yes. Um, yes. Even yes, at the yes. end, and, and again, I, I want to make clear, uh, Heidi is not here now to defend herself, uh-huh. okay? So I, I don't like doing that. The other people can do that. But I will say... I, I tried to get to, wait, you know what, you say all of this stuff 
First of all, you say you hate the country or strongly dislike, yet you serve not just once. You weren't drafted. You served two contracts, and now you're taking VA benefits that, yes, you earned. But that's a conundrum. Well, I just I, I thought that was interesting. I, I thought it was, too. I have to say, I, I admire her for serving, for, for volunteering. I, I grew up in that age. I had student deferments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, was in dental school. Was in dental school, and I never served. But I, I, I had patients who served, and, and Vietnam was horrendous. And I admire anybody who has served our country. For for what she thinks, she's yeah, off the wall, and uh, someone that I would not want to uh, meet or, or spend time with or mm-hmm. have much of a conversation. But I thought you, you did it very well, and you treated her well, and I thought she was. Uh, Pretty forthcoming as well. I thought it was quite excellent. Well, Dick, I appreciate the phone call, and uh, Happy New Year to you ahead, 303-696-1971. The one thing that we'll talk about in the 6 o'clock hour, and I'm going to talk about it with Caldera as well, can you really be a former activist? Can you really say, you know, that was that was behind me? Now, I'm not saying literally, like, yeah, you can formally go to all of the protests. You can throw a rock. Maybe you'll never do it again. But can you really be a former what she was? And then on top of it, now you're a journalist. Yet I've got to just pull this out. We'll get to let's bring Chris up uh, in Aurora. We'll get news coming up. Can you really be a journalist? Say you're not an activist, but just as recently as as nine days ago, you tweet out, do I support violence? Yes. F them. But it was the F word that was that was spelled out. Uh, Chris, brother, what do you think? Well, a couple things. Let me dispense with the niceties first. Um, <laughs> really good that you brought this person on. Um, it's nice to hear the opposite viewpoint. Plus, when you can sit down with somebody who you vehemently have had a battle with as bad as you guys went back and forth, that was pretty good. Have I ever spent 90 minutes with somebody I can't stand? Yeah, it's called college. It's called law school. Um, but in any event, that being said, that was a really good interview. Um, my takeaways from it is is that um, I, I, I don't believe she's telling the truth for a lot of reasons. First, um, when she calls herself a journalist, she's not a journalist. You cannot write what you write on Twitter and you cannot still continue to hold those beliefs and call yourself a journalist. That's mm-hmm. my biggest issue with her. Mm-hmm. She is an editorial writer. She should be writing opinion pieces. But to say things like, oh, well, you know, I cover law enforcement. Well, of course you cover them. You cover them badly. The articles you write are one-sided. That is not what a journalist does. And I think that's part of the biggest problem and, and, in and, country, and, and, I agree lost with journalism. Yes. And, and, it, and, and it, you don't get a pass. You don't get a, well, we told you so. I mean, they think they do at the right. rag online rag that nobody reads they think right. that by by putting in uh, a disclaimer at the end if it says you know Heidi Mino was a former co-founder of uh, Colorado Springs anti-fascist that doesn't give you a hall pass no it doesn't and they think they have one but my problem is is that they have taken and I include her and others they have taken a a a respected industry that used to be journalism and they have completely transformed it into what it is today. And that's part of the reason why you can't trust any of these people is because they expect you to be stupid in terms of trying to divorce their personal opinions from what they write. You can't do it. 
Yeah. And and they seem to think that they can. My can you be a former activist to you? Yeah. Can you be a former activist no. in your opinion? No, you you can't. She's an activist. She just now uses the word journalism as a guise to continue being an activist. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you the final said, word. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Two, th- three quick things. First, um, the doxing position that she has is appalling. People are going to get killed at some point. We almost had a Supreme Court justice assassinated because of it. So the fact that she condones it makes me ill. The thing with Andy No, Andy No was almost killed for what he wrote. He was almost killed for what he did. And I understand that he's been critical of her. But if she can't even have the decency to say what happened to him was wrong by her former colleagues, her peaceful protesters, that that tells me something about her. And, and that's why I don't think she's being truthful. She could have said what happened to him was disgraceful, never should have happened, et cetera, et cetera. So she refused to do it. But, but Chris, did so, you hear how she, yeah. I'll give you the third point and then we got to yeah. uh, take a, one more call and then we got to get to a break. Caldera standing by. Did you hear when it comes to, look, what I took away from that is Tubbs, if you're out there at the anti-ICE uh, rally in Aurora in 2019 and you get a brick to the head and you die, man, all right, sorry. Yeah, that's on you. That's on you. Yep. And that, and that's that's and that, it, we can't have a society that lives by it's, that. No. But, yeah. And then the last thing is is I not only question her sincerity and her ability to be truthful, I question her judgment. Anybody who runs around calling conservatives Nazis clearly doesn't understand what a Nazi was or doesn't understand what a Nazi is. These are people who've committed unspeakable crimes against humanity. And I'm getting real sick and tired of people like her throwing around that word and, and just saying, oh, well, you know, like, like you and I put on our socks. It's like, no, you just called somebody one of the worst things you can mm-hmm. be. And you have no idea. They, most of the conservatives, and I, even the, the far right ones, they might be far right, but they I've never seen them wear a swastika. I've never seen them do a Heil Hitler. I've never seen them espouse any of that stuff. And for somebody who calls themselves a journalist to say that really just needs mm-hmm. their head examined. You did a great job. Thank you, brother. She took shots at you with your arrest, which was completely wrong. Glad you called her on it. And uh, it was it was a good interview. Thank you, brother. And here's the problem. When you get these mega types all worked up as tubs and Denver Trump Radio does, it has repercussions. And Tubbs can be decent for a while in the personal interview, but then he lets the callers start slamming Heidi Beetle and he throws fuel on the fire. Well, what do you expect? Heidi shared with me one of the hang-up calls she got. Listen to this voicemail. So Heidi Beetle, the tranny freak, condones violence. Be careful what you wish for, bitch. These things have consequences, just like January 6th. Come on, do better, right-wing radio, right-wing media, Stephen Tubbs, and your colleagues. Free the Kirk Woodland Hour. Michael Bailey, a friend, a lawyer, a sponsor. Tell everybody how you bring peace of mind to their life. So... By setting up your estate plan, you know what's going to happen to your stuff when you die. You know where it's going to go, you know who's going to get it. We've got everything in place so we're not 
running to a court to try to get guardianship and conservatorship as quickly as possible. But then it's an orderly proceeding of things. So, you know, there's already enough chaos with the medical emergency, but the legal part of it and who can make decisions is all outlined. It's all set up. So there's, it's like the, the smooth transition of power. That's cool because you can avoid so many problems by having a medical power of attorney and discussing it with a smart guy like Michael Bailey, because who should have this? It's probably somebody close. Who do you trust most among your children to make that call? These are the hard and good questions that you ask every day, right, Michael? Right, and if you ask them beforehand, when you're not in the middle of a crisis, then when a crisis hits, we're not trying to do crisis management and medical emergency and everything else. We're going, okay, we've got a smooth transition of power here. We've got a smooth who's in charge, and we can have that all flow so that we can focus on the care. There are so many things in life that you can fill out a form and save yourself money, save yourself heartache. Some people die out of nowhere quickly, but more often you get sick, you have medical difficulties, so it all goes together. But your system works, it works beautifully. What is the best way to contact you these days? Best way, uh, you can give me a call. My phone number is 720-394-6887. And again, that's 720-394-6887. Or you can go online to michaelbaileylawllc.com. And there is a an appointment page on my website that you can use. So either way is fine. Thanks, Michael. Hello, Troubadour. Craig, how are you? I am worn out. It's the end of the year. New Year's Eve show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. We are up to episode 129 and your song, Way of Forgetting. Is this a year to forget or just like any other year? Good, bad, and ugly. It, it was all of the above, wasn't it? And is it a year to forget? I don't believe necessarily in forgetting years, per, you know, actively forgetting. We need to take from them, learn what we can, and hope for better years to come. I think that I saw the highlight of the year when I went to the Nuggets game. I asked you, and we will talk about what you did instead, but I went Christmas night, usually the most boring day of the year for a Jewish person, and my God, I even told you it's going to be historic. Jokic is in his prime Christmas night, the Broncos, I couldn't even watch the end of that game. I thought something great will happen. Sure enough, overtime, Jokic, 41 points, and then a triple-double, a win over Phoenix, our hated rival. And the Aaron Gordon slam dunk. Have you ever slam dunked the basketball, Dave Gunders? Well, I I couldn't even come close to anything like that, no. Could you touch the net? <laughs> With a step stool. It's not your sport. You were a champion swimmer. Tell everybody how fast you could swim. Really fast? I, I was an average swimmer. Thank you very much. I, I, I did swim with some good teams, though, and uh, made it to state both in Illinois and in um, Connecticut. Wow. Yeah, Connecticut, we were the winner, by the way. We were state champs. But I was, I was a um, kind of middle-of-the-road uh, swimmer. 
Can you, you know. still swim past? Well, I've seen oh yeah, no, I'm yeah. a solid. I'm a yes, solid swimmer. I just, are. I was, I was small in high school, and some of these guys were so much stronger than me, and I, my, my arms flailed like flailed like a like a windmill, but I just didn't go as fast. But um, no, I was a good swimmer, but not not a top swimmer. You've got your attributes, like the fact that even though you didn't come to the game with me, because I would have had to explain basketball to you, but that's okay. You went to a movie that maybe I would have had trouble understanding. You've been confelling about it throughout the week, so tell everybody what you saw and why you recommend it. Well, it, my daughter, it was my daughter's idea. She wanted to see Avatar too, And uh, otherwise, Craig, I would have loved to have gone to the game with you. But um, it, was, it was my daughter visiting, and Rachel, I wanted to be with her, and it was a special night, so we went together. It was a great movie. I mean, it's, a, it's an unbelievable movie in terms of its, you know, the execution of, uh, of the special effects and just how they created this other world. I will go see it. Thanks for recommending it. And you can watch that uh, highlight reel of Aaron Gordon dunks because Jokic was great, but Aaron Gordon stole the show. I'm writing a column all about it, and uh, hopefully it will come out on Monday in the Colorado Sun. But you've already published your great work of art, Way of Forgetting. It's unlike a normal Dave Gunder song where you were talking about the sun coming up, the light shining in. And here you've got a person who's a little sad and things haven't gone the right way and he's trying to forget and just wants to kind of close himself up in a room and shut the blinds. That's right, yeah. That's an unusual song for you. Do you remember what sparked it? I have no <laughs> no idea. I must have been in some some bad, <laughs> sad place. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I mean, as a songwriter, you, you try to touch on all, all of these emotions that you know, we all, we all experience. Sometimes sadness is, is, uh, is the, you know, the main feeling that you have on a given day, missing somebody or, right. or, or longing for a relationship that is gone. Yes. In my head, in my heart. Let's give everybody a lesson. Troubadour, here's to a great 2023. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom to a wonderful and healthy 2023 to everybody. Give a lesson to our song by Troubadour Dave Gunders, Way of Forgetting. Happy New Year. In my head, in my heart, where I carry you, live alone, stand apart, try to bury you. I don't want it There's a fire that's still burning In my dream you still run Like a child at play Feel you near, keep you here Stay with me all day And then I wake up To the sun that is setting Are you doing the same? Maybe I'm better. It's just my way of forgetting. Love was strong in the dawn when the light was pure. 
Was it me? Felt those things. Guess I'm finally cured. Pull the shades closed so the light don't get in. How much joy from the past can I let in? Michael, of course, is a great sponsor of my show, but more than that, he's my lawyer, my end-of-life planning lawyer, and I've got two dogs. What about you? I have two dogs right now as well. And not only do you love your dogs at home with your kids and your wife, but you get involved with dog issues in your law practice. Tell everybody about that. So I will write pet trusts, which is, you can earmark money to take care of your pets. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they've got their dogs and you know, they love their dogs. But then if somebody were to, you know, if you're, if you were to pass away, you know, who's going to take your dogs? Who would, who would love your dogs as much as you do? I don't know that anybody would love your dogs as much as you do, but like I grew up with dogs. And so if I were to pass away, then my parents or my siblings could take the dogs. So when you set up a pet trust, you can dictate who's going to get those dogs and then who you can leave money to take care of the dogs as well. I like working with you and I think you are ahead of your time. You have 15 different locations. How cool is that? It's, it is nice to be able to go to all the different locations and you know meet people where it's comfortable and more convenient for them. And nobody wants to drive from one part of Metro Denver to the other to meet with a lawyer. 
you will come to them. Yep, and I'll deal with traffic so you don't have to. Tell us how people can get in touch with you. My direct phone number is 720-394-6887, or they can go to my website, which is mobileestateplanning.com. And again, that's mobileestateplanning.com. And there's even a schedule, you know, there's a book an appointment link on this on the website. All right, Michael Bailey, thank you. Hey, I have some exciting news. I am starting my brand new law firm. It's Attitude, mine. The legal skills, mine. The support staff, incredible. Find us online soon at CraigsColoradoLaw.com. Find me right now on Twitter at CraigsColorado. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. I really enjoyed Inglorious Bastards when it came out about 15 years ago. It is Jewish revenge porn. But I suppose if you have neo-Nazi tendencies, it means something else to you. I can't help but think about and reflect upon Kirk Woodland serving me up that soundbite on weeks when I did not request it. What part of this soundbite did he like? The Jew hunter? Or was he sympathetic to the Jewish girl who escapes and then takes care of the Nazis in Paris? I was rooting for the girl. What was her name? Shoshana? Something like that. A nice Jewish girl who was bent on killing and destroying Nazis. Monsieur Lapetite, are you aware of the nickname the people of France have given me? I have no interest in such things. But you're aware of what they call me? I'm aware. What are you aware of? That they call you the Jordan? Precisely. I understand your trepidation in repeating it. Heidrich apparently hates the moniker the good people of Prague have bestowed on him. Actually, why he would hate the name the hangman's baffling to me. It would appear he's done everything in his power to earn it. I, on the other hand, love my unofficial title precisely because I've earned it. The feature that makes me such an effective hunter of the Jews is, as opposed to most German soldiers, I can think like a Jew, where they can only think like a German. <laughs> More precisely, a German soldier. <laughs> Now, if one were to determine what attribute the German people share with a beast, it would be the cunning and the predatory instinct of a hawk. But if one were to determine what attributes the Jews share with a beast, it would be that of the rat. The, the Führer and Goebbels' propaganda have said pretty much the same thing. But where our conclusions differ is I don't consider the comparison an insult. Consider, for a moment, the world a rat lives in. It's a hostile world, indeed. If a rat were to scamper through your front door right now, would you greet it with hostility? 
I suppose I would. Has a rat ever done anything to you to create this animosity you feel toward them? Rats spread disease. They bite people. Rats were the cause of the bubonic plague, but that's some time ago. I propose to you any disease a rat could spread, a squirrel could equally carry. Would you agree? Why? Right. Yet I assume you don't share the same animosity with squirrels that you do with rats, do you? No. Yet they're both rodents, are they not? And except for the tail, they even rather look alike, don't they? It's an interesting thought, Ercolini. However interesting as the thought may be, it makes not one bit of difference to how you feel. If a rat were to walk in here right now as I'm talking, would you greet it with a source of your delicious milk? Probably not. I didn't think so. You don't like them. You don't really know why you don't like them. All you know is you find them repulsive. Consequently, a German soldier conducts a search of a house suspected of hiding Jews. Where does the hawk look? He looks in the barn, he looks in the attic, he looks in the cellar, he looks everywhere he would hide. But there's so many places it wouldn't have occurred to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führers brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me because I'm aware of what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. Hey, what a show. Thank you, Troubadour. Way of Forgetting is a terrific song, and I will never forget the title. I hope. Happy New Year to everybody, especially Heidi Beetle. Thanks for coming on again. She is in the eye of the storm. The storm continues. No, I'm not with QAnon or anything like that, but they are conspiracy theory, sort of like the Nazis. It's not good for the Jews, nor was World War II. I made reference to Inglorious Bastards and the Jew hunter scene, confronting a French farmer hiding Jews under his cellar floorboards. The Jew hunter, I think the dude won an Academy Award for his performance, is really frightening, and he describes how Jews are like rats. This is the segment I used when Michael Cohen was called a rat by Donald Trump for telling the truth. And then Kirk Woodland, who cut that sound as my producer, he would put it up on my soundboard every once in a while, even though I wasn't going to be talking about that topic, including my last day, November 16, 2019. Why did he have that Nazi Jew hunter clip up? Who was he rooting for? I always think about that. Listen to this scene. And you think about it too. Soundbite 6. If you love the show, and I hope you did, please stick around to give me five stars. Tell a friend. You know what to do. Positive reviews are everything. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. I hope 2023 is great for you and everybody you love. Thank you for listening. Tune in live every Saturday morning, 9 to noon, Mountain Time. Visit thecraigsilvermanshow.com for the podcast, blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to be updated when new episodes are available. This has been The Craig Silverman Show. <laughs>